This coverage is live and uncensored. So if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio episode 210 for Thursday, January 9th, 2014. Our caller number is 347-324-3541. And according to Slick, our, our lines are working this week. So finally, we got past the blog talk radio hump from the week prior. And uh, we are ready to rock and roll. Um, Slick is telling me that the video feed is slightly behind. Why? I don't know. Unfortunately, uh, that's out of my control. Anyway, as I said, our caller number 347-324-3541. You can also hit up our feedback line 347-815-0687, 347-815-0MTR. All right, so we got to get a couple of things out of the way, some housekeeping. Uh, first and foremost, um, like I said, our dial-in is working this week. You can call in and participate in any of our segments. I know we're going to be talking a lot about the WWE Network. I also want to talk about the UFC Network announcement. We're going to talk a little bit of CES this week. We got your entertainment news. We have a fair amount of gaming news coming out of CES. So it's going to be it's going to be a crazy show this week. Um, definitely got to thank John Sweet over at Blog Talk Radio. I have been... Uh, emailing him back and forth about our issues with the dial-up line, and um, everything seems to be working fine, which is great. Of course, our friends at GFQ, my buddy Suncast, uh, making me look good on camera, making sure our audio and video is running on all cylinders, so definitely a shout-out to him. So let's get some housekeeping out of the way. First and foremost, I received an email from Stitcher today announcing expansion into new vehicles that we'll be offering Stitcher going forward. So if you have an Audi, Volvo, uh, certain Ford vehicles now, you'll be able to listen to the Stitcher feed of MyTake Radio via your devices, whatever they may be, whether it's a in, in an in-dash head unit or aftermarket unit added with Stitcher enabled, you'll be able to listen to the show that way. Also, uh, one of the things that we were working on is we're going to be expanding some coverage into some events within the coming weeks. We have Apex coming up. Uh, that's uh, the 17th through the 19th. We're probably going to be there either the 17th and the 18th or probably uh, the 18th most likely. I got to get in contact with uh, Jonathan Lugo, who will probably be joining us that Thursday, the 16th, to talk about the event at length. I know a couple of you guys are saying that uh, the video's stuttering a bit. You could try maybe changing to one of the other feeds if you're watching it 
on the GFQ network. You can go there and switch to one of the other quality feeds. Maybe that should help. Otherwise, maybe refresh. Uh, my video is not freezing on my end, so whatever it is is going on outside of my control. So figured I'd let you guys know that because I see that Mortis is having freezing issues. And I think Slick said that the video's a couple of seconds behind. Again, not me. Uh, my video seems to be working good on my end. So definitely check on your end to make sure. All right. So we got a lot of new content up on the site this week, including um, Old School Buried. We also have the Buried Awards, which um, led to a, a lot of different conversation on the fan page. Want to touch on that a little bit. Also, uh, big write up I put up about the WWE Network. We're going to really get into that tonight because it is, without a doubt, one of the biggest stories going on this week. It's pretty much changed, um, you know, it's changed the way things are going to move going forward, not just for consuming WWE content, but also with regards to how we consume content as a whole. You have to think uh, the biggest thing being that a la carte content consumption is definitely the name of the game and WWE and the UFC have already got the ball rolling and with rumors of HBO go possibly launching their own uh, standalone application. It's just going to keep growing from there. So we're definitely going to touch on that. All right. So tonight's topics, we're going to be discussing this past weekend's UFC event, which I actually got to see on the UFC app. And um, it, it worked a lot better than I had anticipated, but they definitely have bugs that need to be worked out. We got to talk about Raw, the WWE Network announcement. We're going to talk about Matt Brown being in hot water due to some commentary that he made this week with regards to women's MMA. I'm sure we're going to get a trademark Dana White apology within the next week or so. Also, we're going to be talking about a ton of gaming news. I'm going to talk a little bit about Oculus Rift. We're going to talk about some console volume numbers and, of course, your entertainment news for this week. As for uh, this week's monologue, I wanted to talk a little bit about a, a few things that have been going on with regards to the show. Uh, first and foremost, we are always looking for brand new writers. If you're interested in writing for us, definitely drop me a line, mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. Also, we're going to start adding more YouTube content and maybe trying to get some more streams going on. Of course, most of the old consoles are at my disposal i haven't picked up any of the new stuff yet so no ps4 streams and no xbox one streams from my end but slick does have a ps4 and we're going to try and get on a streaming schedule and get some games out there so as always we welcome your feedback with regards to that i know a lot of you guys have been subscribing to our youtube channel it's youtube.com forward slash my take radio thanks a lot for that uh, now that we're able to stream live to youtube we're going to try and do some different stuff there as well. Hopefully we'll be expanding on that in the next couple of weeks, especially if we try and do some stuff from Toy Fair next month. My my hope is to try and get more video content out with regards to that. All right. So let's get into this week's MMA news because there's quite a bit to discuss. Of course, my take radio's MMA segment is brought to you by MMA Warehouse. If you want to pick up rash guards, uh, fight gear, favorite fighter t-shirts, make sure to check out MMAwarehouse.com. Check the banner on MyTakeRadio.com. It helps us out, helps us keep the lights on. And of course, it gives you different discounts to pick up MMA gear. 
Again, it's MMAWarehouse.com. Let's get into this week's MMA news, shall we? So UFC Fight Night 34 happened this past weekend, and it was extremely early in the morning. I think it was um, the prelims started at 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock, and then the main card started around 6, I believe. Um, Definitely a lot of growth that needs to happen for the UFC Fight Pass system to really come into its own, but it wasn't bad. The feed was pretty good. I did get some freezing. I get. I did get some degradation of picture, but it was not the worst thing in the world. And I think with ample work, it will definitely be the go-to source for any mixed martial arts events, including Seasons of the Ultimate Fighter and various other shows as well. So I want to talk about a couple of fights on the card. I was very excited to see uh, Kawajiri debut um, as a featherweight to take on Sean Soriano. Uh, very solid outing by Kawajiri. He looked really good. Um, he felt very comfortable. Um, I was very happy to see him really give a stellar performance. A lot of these guys, they come into the um, the UFC and, uh, you know, they don't fare so well, but I was happy to see Kawajiri come in there. Uh, looked really good in the first round. Second round, uh, he was working the knees in the clinch and he ended up taking the fight to the ground, scooped his back immediately locked in the rear naked choke, and Sean Soriano tapped. Um, The ref didn't see the tap, so Soriano ended up going out, and he went limp. So Kawajiri secures the victory via submission, rear naked choke at 50 seconds in the second round. Um, To answer Mortis's question, Mortis says that he hasn't signed up for Fight Pass. I know we get it free for two months, but eh. Uh, Mortis, I can honestly say, Definitely try it out for the two months. Just make sure to set a reminder on your phone or maybe write something down on the calendar so that you won't worry about getting billed for it. I think if if it really becomes available on other platforms, it's going to definitely be the way to go. Uh, for me, primarily, I think that, um, you know, accessing Xbox Live, PlayStation are, are definitely going to be the markets that will really, really work. Of course, Apple TV and Roku... Um, you know, it's not too bad. It is going to be $10 a month, much like the WWE Network. So again, if you want to catch those international seasons of the Ultimate Fighter, and if you want to get some of that other original programming and any of the on-demand stuff, the $10 investment isn't too bad. But again, you really got to be able to get access to a lot of that content that we really are getting for free on Fox Sports 1. The UFC is pretty much kind of stripping that away and throwing it on the fight pass. So again, if you want to get in on it, it's a $10 investment. Try it out for the two months. That's what I'm doing. I set a, um, I set a reminder in two months to take it off if I don't like it, but, um, there's definitely, there's definitely tons of potential for the UFC fight pass. They just need to work out a lot of the bugs. Like I said, uh, the card itself was really good. I like Kawajiri's performance, uh, Tarek Safadine and, Young Yu Lim put on a tremendous fight. It was a a five round war that really just it went back and forth. Um, Lim definitely trying to make an impression um, on the card, and I was I was thoroughly impressed. Tarek Safadine working the leg kicks looked like a beast out there. 
Um, very, very happy with his performance. Tarek Safadine coming out of Strike Force. He was a guy that a lot of people just really didn't put a lot of focus on, which is unfortunate because the guy he goes in there and he puts he puts on a clinic every time, especially those leg kicks. Just the the guy's leg was practically blue the way it was going. But um, a very enjoyable card, especially for its debut on the UFC Fight Pass, which they should have just called it like the UFC Fight Network. It sounds so weird, like the Fight Pass. The, the name would have worked better, like the UFC Fight Network, but who knows, maybe they'll change that as well. Like I said, anyway, the card was pretty solid, definitely a good card, and for the price of free, there's really no, there's no necessity to complain too much, but I really enjoyed the card. As for the presentation, like I said, leaves a little bit to be desired, but I'm sure that will change in the coming weeks. All right, so let's get into the rest of the MMA news for this week. Um... All signs are pointing are pointing to Chris Weidman and Vitor Belfort uh, locking up this year in Vegas. A lot of people have always said that Vitor likes to get his fights in in Brazil due to the uh, slight favoritism that he gets over there. Not to mention the fact that obviously the drug testing requirements are a little a little less strict than over here. I'm sorry, it's true. But um, Chris Weidman isn't wasting any time trying to get the hype train rolling, saying that, you know, he has no problem beating up a juice head. Um, you know, the fact that the guy's on TRT and the, the typical stuff that rears its head. Obviously, the TRT statements that we've discussed on air have always been negative. And I, I really stand by the fact that in Vitor's case, he did juice and he got popped for juicing and. Now he's on TRT, which is a side effect, obviously, of having low testosterone. Now, again, and I, I say this 100%, there's instances where guys do have low testosterone, but those instances are few and far, and if they and if there is a case where their testosterone is low and they deserve that, that's fine. But in Vitor's case, we know he has a history of... Uh, you know, juicing up. So it's definitely questionable. And considering it's a sore spot, Chris Weidman definitely going for the jugular, trying to get into the fight psychologically, which um, I think is the way to go. I think Vitor poses a serious threat to Weidman on the feet. Um, When it comes to the ground game, Vitor's ground game is something that we haven't seen in so long that I don't even know if it's as impressive as they say, or as solid as they say, uh, Weidman definitely on the ground has the advantage standing, you know, Vitor, Vitor secured most of his last victories via knockout. So something to keep an eye on. Most likely we're going to see this fight maybe late spring, early part of the summer, perhaps before Memorial day weekend. So really pumped for it. I'm hoping, um, like I said, that the card is, solid from start to finish that way we don't have to be in that situation and we've talked about this before where you don't want to buy a $60 card for one fight just saying as for the ultimate fighter China which we talked about the finale for that is actually going down March 1st a very solid card uh, headlined by uh, Stun Gun Kim taking on John Hathaway also Matt Mitrione will be facing Sean Jordan Ivan Menjavar will be facing Hatsu Hioki and uh, Yul Chul Nam is taking on Kazuki Tokodome. Plus, of course, the winners of the Ultimate Fighter China will be crowned. If you want to watch that finale, that will be streamed live on the UFC Fight Pass. And if you pick it up, 
if you picked up the fight pass within the last week or so, you should be right around the cutoff to see the season finale of the Ultimate Fighter China. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, following his loss to Katsunori Kikuno at UFC Fight Night 34, Quinn Mulhern actually announced his retirement from MMA. Uh, he made the announcement on Facebook. Uh, Quinn Mulhern, he's 18-4 and four in his MMA record. He was 0-2 in the UFC. And, you know, some of these guys, like I've said before, they know when it's time to hang it up. And, you know, I got to respect the guy's decision. It was, a, it was a solid fight between him and Kikuno, but I guess he just felt that he didn't have, he couldn't, he couldn't keep doing it, so... We wish him the best. I've seen Quinn Mulhern fight a couple of times. Uh, solid dude. Uh, sorry to see him go because he's a fairly young guy. But like I said, sometimes you know when it's time to hang it up. Tito Ortiz is in the news this week. And I know a lot of you guys love hearing about Tito Ortiz because wherever Tito Ortiz and bad news is, Jenna Jameson is sure to follow. And in this instance, Tito Ortiz got popped for um, having a blood alcohol level of point one two versus point oh eight uh, he was booked by los angeles police and he posted a fifteen thousand dollar bond of course arrested under the suspicion of dui brings uh jenna jameson out of the woodwork saying that um, a lot of people think he's a fantastic guy it's just not true slowly but surely he will hang himself not literally but figuratively of course she is also using this arrest to try and get full custody of the two children that she has with Tito Ortiz. Uh, Mortis says in the chat, oh, Tito, you silly goose. And, and you know, here's the thing. A guy like Tito, who is so outspoken, such a, such a loud mouth, to, to go and get popped for a DUI, you know that everybody's rooting for your downfall, whether it's Jenna Jameson, Dana White, other fighters. It's like, dude, don't, don't give these people fuel to hang you out to dry. Um, based on what they were saying, um, he got into an accident on the 405. He was driving a 2012 Porsche Panamera with two other passengers. Nobody was injured. Uh, this happened. Uh, he got bagged approximately at 4 a.m. So, you know, it's it's crazy. It's it's just crazy that he had two other people in his car and he had a blood alcohol level of 0.12, which the legal limit, like I said, is 0.08. Uh, Mortis says, I'm not rooting for his downfall. Personally, I just don't care about him much anymore. I hope he lives a long and happy life out of the MMA world. You know what the thing is? And and I can understand that rationale. But the thing is, Tito Ortiz is such a, a huge personality. He brings he brings a, like a level of excitement to the sport just because he he's a throwback. You know, the gravedigger celebrations, the hardcore shit talking. The only problem with Tito is that his his. His history of injuries and his history of excuses have have soured fans on just watching him perform. Tito Ortiz, in my opinion, would make a terrific color commentator. Uh, his knowledge of the sport is is extensive. Um, I'm not a fan of his whole foray into fight management, obviously because of the whole Chris Cyborg UFC situation. But part of the reason why Cyborg isn't in the UFC is because of Tito. Because Dana White went on record saying that he would have allowed Cyborg to go fight in Invicta and, you know, have her under contract. Because we all know that the big money fight is Ronda Rousey and Cyborg. I mean, if you think Misha Tate and Rousey is a, is a fight riddled with, with aggression and with beef, the beef between Cyborg and Rousey is probably close to what Tate and Rousey's beef is just because... 
there's there there's just hardcore shit talking. And the only thing separating these women from fighting is five pounds. So, you know, would Dana White have done a catchweight fight or not? Who knows? But we do know that Tito definitely played a part in those negotiations falling south. And some other news, another individual is um, not in hot water, but definitely out of the fight game for the the foreseeable future, and that is, of course, UFC bantamweight champion Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz has had a history of injuries. I believe he's been out about a year and a half. Uh, he was getting ready to face interim champion Henan Barrow to unify the belts for Super Bowl weekend, but as it turns out, he actually had to withdraw due to a groin injury. Due to this injury, Cruz has not only bowed out of the fight, but he has relinquished his UFC bantamweight title. Uriah Faber will now step in to challenge for the belt. I believe it's uh, on three weeks notice because UFC 169 is going down February 1st in Newark, New Jersey. So Uriah Faber gets himself back in there, uh, possibly get on the verge of getting uh, a title or Hennem uh pretty much closing and eliminating any doubt that he deserves to be champion. I'm really pumped for this fight. Like I said, it's it's one of those things we've been waiting so long for Dominic Cruz to get back, to get back into it, and to see him out of the fight picture because of another injury is is ridiculous. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it, Mortis says, funniest thing about about this situation I saw on Twitter someone tweeted okay I think Uriah Faber can put his Dominic Cruz voodoo doll down you know what the thing is um these guys that they just they become injury prone and in Cruz's case he just hasn't been able to catch a break and I respect the fact that he got injured and he and he said listen you know this I can't hold on to this belt anymore it's just unfair to Hennem Barrow so it is what it is now of course if Faber comes in there takes the belt from Barrow, Dominic Cruz is, gonna, is probably going to be a little upset, but I really doubt that the organization was going to let Cruz sit on the shelf for another couple of months, uh, healing up the, the groin injury and not having a legitimate bantamweight champion. So it's, it's definitely crazy. Like I said, UFC 169 goes down February 1st, and of course that's going to be a five-round title fight. And of course, any other fights that are announced for that card, I will share with you guys in the coming weeks. UFC 168 went into the record books as being the second highest grossing MMA event in Nevada history, obviously being number two to UFC 148 from July 2012, which was main evented by Anderson Silva and Chael Sonnen 2. You know, it's... it's uh, Definitely a pretty big testament to Ronda Rousey and the rest of the fighters on the card that it is the second highest grossing MMA event in Nevada history. So definitely props to them. So, of course, last week we were talking about Anderson Silva and pretty much his leg. Anderson Silva's leg right now is, let me use Vanderlei as an example. This, this is Anderson Silva's leg. Right now, just so you see how this foot was, that's how Anderson Silva was post-fight. Now, it looks like Anderson Silva not only will be back in six months, but it looks like management is trying to set up a fight with George St. Pierre. 
Uh, basically, his manager went on record saying that if the fight came together, it would be a win-win for everybody, the fans, the UFC. It would be tremendous. With regards to Anderson's recovery, he said that he is walking around on crutches, raising his leg, uh, working to start physical therapy. He's already moving his toes, and it looks like he will be back stronger than ever, according to management. Um, of course, the recovery is going as planned. He has no nerve damage. So it's going to be very interesting to see if this fight comes together. And I got to ask you guys, if if Anderson Silva faces GSP when he comes back from this injury, will you guys care now that there are no belts on the line, um, no type of legacy, just, just two of the best in the sport um, squaring off? Are you guys going to, you know, are you guys going to really give a shit about that? Me personally, I, I, I need to see the fight happen. It's been, it's been something that's been talked about for so long that it, it needs to get done just so we can kind of cross it off our, our respective bucket lists. I see one of the viewers in the chat is saying that the video feed is freezing. Uh, I don't know. It's not on my end. If you're watching it, on gfqlive.tv there's a couple of different feed options you can switch to uh make sure to hit any of those buttons to switch to um a lower bandwidth feed otherwise you can always continue listening on the mixler feed or um if you're in mtrlive.com you can uh mute the gfq feed and listen on the mixler feed uh, fortunately it's out of my control because my video is not frozen see i'm doing all kinds of magic tricks and shit and it's um it's moving according to schedule. All right. Bellator actually is in the news this week. It feels like I haven't talked about Bellator in forever. Uh they actually announced Bellator 111 which is going down March 7th and they've put together a pretty solid card. The bantamweight title will be defended. Eduardo Dantas will be taking on Rafael Silva. Also the opening round of the heavyweight tournament is coming together. Ryan Martinez will be taking on Lavar Johnson. Peter Graham will be taking on Mighty Mo. Alexander Volkov will be taken on Mark Horlata, and of course, Balgoy Avanov will be taken on Rich Hale. So that is the opening round of the heavyweight tournament, and it goes down March 7th. So the last bit of MMA news to wrap things up, Matt Brown. I'm, I, I like Matt Brown. The immortal Matt Brown is a tremendous fighter. Uh, pretty much got his foot pretty much inserted into the mouth in a in a in a brutal way. And the reason, the reasoning is because, uh, he made some disparaging remarks, not only about women's mixed martial arts, but also about the 125 pound division. Now, before we, you know, we kind of dig into this a little deeper, I'll share pretty much what he said. Uh, he said, I don't know why they put women in the UFC. Now I know why, if I'm going to pay $60 for a pay-per-view to watch women fight, they should at least be topless. How many knockouts do you see in women's fights? It's not really my thing. I respect what they do, but look, they don't have the body type or the power, all that shit for knockouts. If you're not a good grappler in women's MMA, then you're behind. It's no different than the 125-pound division of men's MMA in that they just really are not built for knockouts. Now, a couple of things. Number one, there's plenty of women that have had knockout victories. Um, Holly Holm, of course, being one of them. If you haven't watched any of her fights, definitely look her up on YouTube. Uh, Slick, if you are in the chat, do me a favor, pull up uh, Holly Holm, H-O-L-M, uh, knockout, throw it in the chat room so guys can see 
that the ladies do have knockout power. Of course, the 125 pounders have knockout power as well. We know that Demetrius Johnson actually uh, defended his belt and knocked out Joseph Benavides. I think that, you know, Matt Brown is entitled to his opinion. I have no problem with that. But you also have to look at it from the standpoint that you're dealing with not only the premier organization of mixed martial arts, but you're also dealing with Fox and with sponsors. And when you're making disparaging remarks like that, it's going to not only affect you and and your financial situation, because you could get suspended, but it's going to put another blemish on the sport. Again, everyone's entitled to their opinion. You're 1000% entitled to it, but you have to take into consideration that that opinion may cost you whether financially or just from a, a fan standpoint, listen, I know I know plenty of people that don't like watching women's mixed martial arts, either because they don't like uh, the concept of women physically assaulting each other, or they don't like uh, the competitors, or they don't like the pacing of the fights. But I'll be honest, since the women have come to the UFC, they've been dialing it in um, 110%. We've been getting great fights every time they get in there, every time. So... For me personally, I do feel that the ladies do have much to offer the sport. And for for him to say that, it just I, I feel that it's just he, he was misinformed and kind of talking out of his ass. And not for nothing, I like, you know, I like Matt Brown. Like I said, I, I, I enjoy watching the guy fight, but this this isn't doing him or the organization any favors. As for the fallout, that remains to be seen. I mean, he could eat a suspension. Who knows if Dana White wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, he might cut him. I don't think cutting him is the way to go. Um, the fact is that if anything, maybe a suspension or a fine just to kind of soften it up a little bit and really put out any fires that may have started from this commentary. We'll see what happens in the coming days. All right. So that's actually going to wrap up this week's MMA news Uh, There is quite a bit of wrestling to discuss, and as always, our lines are open. Make sure to call in if you want to discuss any wrestling topics, 347-324-3541. Again, 347-324-3541. All right, so let's talk some wrestling. We want the gold, sucker! Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you, nigga! I'm here to show the world, I'm here to show the world. All right, so this week's wrestling segment is uh, twofold. It's going to be Old School Raw, which if you've read um, Quark's Old School Buried, you can he- you can check out some of his thoughts on the event. First and foremost, I got to say that there were a lot of great markout moments uh, that really, really set the tone for the entire broadcast. Me personally, I felt that you know the 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 legends or the old timers definitely sometimes get misused but i feel that this this particular old school raw not only did it right but they really knew where to sprinkle in the legends now the rick flair opener was it left a little to be desired um some people felt that rick flair 
just um you know he was um hold on one second you know that Ric Flair either was wasn't in the game may have been a little lit I mean Cork thinks that he when he in in his buried column he said that he th- thought Ric Flair was loaded um I felt that he just he went on this tangent this incoherent tangent and I'm like I'm like dude what are you doing and then you know Randy Orton kind of tried to bring it full circle and then they sent Cena out there it was it was an okay opening I felt that that Flair Flair is good to be used in these limited doses just because it's it's the nature, you know, you you want the nature out there to to do what he does, you know, to style and profile, to to make to make it a bigger a bigger presentation than it is. But I will say this: the promo and his exchange with Orton, considering their history, felt a little bit disjointed. It really did. I felt that um, you know, it was it it could have been more fluid and better executed because. Like I said, Orton and Flair have such a huge history. You you have, you know, Evolution, the Legend Killer gimmick. There's so much great storytelling that you can utilize that, you know, it's um you know, I was I was bummed out that it wasn't as effective as it should have been. Of course, uh JBL and Cole were wearing retro jackets and uh Jerry Lawler was out of the picture because he was under the weather, rest assured. He did not have any heart problems, much like a lot of the websites said. He just uh, was under the weather. So rest assured, no problems with Lawler. Anyway, our first match of the night, uh, Daniel Bryan, Luke Harper, and Eric Rowan took on Rey Mysterio and the Usos. This was the first appearance of Daniel Bryan as an official member of the Wyatt family. Of course, on house shows, we've shared some photos on the fan page, but this was the first televised Daniel Bryan Wyatt appearance and a um, couple of things, seeing Daniel Bryan playing a number two to somebody is very strange to me, just because when you look at Daniel Bryan, the guy was a champion, a main eventer, and he's playing second banana to Bray Wyatt. Now, if the rumors are to be believed, Vince McMahon actually wanted Daniel Bryan to be part of the Wyatt family. Again, you know... Whether you agree or disagree with that, I personally think that there could be some potential angles, angle advancements that would really make the story come together. Uh, personally, for me, I think that Daniel Bryan being in the Wyatt family, it, it here, here's how I'd like to see that storyline go. Daniel Bryan realizes he can't beat the Wyatts head on because he's, you know, he's basically fighting an uphill battle. But... What I feel is maybe Daniel Bryan joins the Wyatt so he can destroy them from the inside. And I see that Mortis also has that has that similar rationale. And it's true. I think that that would be an effective way to to really bring the story full circle. Imagine Daniel Bryan comes in, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan start to kind of get along with Daniel Bryan and they feel that Daniel Bryan is just a bigger part of the equation and maybe they turn on Bray Wyatt leading to um, the inevitable Bray Wyatt-Daniel Bryan match because uh, Bryan took Harper and Rowan away from him. I think that doing something like that would definitely yield some tremendous results. I think that, um, you know, going that route would really set a different standard with regards to the storytelling. I see that uh, we got some callers on the line. I believe 
it's probably John Blade and Quark. So uh, let me bring those guys in. I don't know if Slick is queuing them up or not, but I pretty much know the numbers at this point. So uh, let me bring them in. Quark, is that you or is that Blade? The Barry boys are back. There he is. Welcome back, Captain. Hold on one second. John Blade, are you with us? Always. There you go. Welcome back, fellas. What Good up? to be back. So, let's talk. Let's talk about this raw situation with with Daniel Bryan, and I'll I'll open the the Florida Quark first because obviously those guys, you know, they 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 were a decent part of your of your buried article. So, what do you think on Daniel Bryan? Yeah, pretty much on Bryan being part of the Wyatt family. For a little bit, I was kind of irritated because it felt like a big just stop to everything he's been working on since the summer. But I think Brian's like reached the point almost where it's so over to actually be used to get over like a young talent. Because he certainly can do it. And I really couldn't see the Wyatt doing anything besides teaming with Daniel Bryan to get themselves over. Because at, at this point, they were just looking like a poor man's version of the Shield. Hold on, hold on one second, dude, because these guys are telling me that they are not hearing you. Hold on a second. Is this better? Uh, well, from what I'm hearing, they only hear me, dead air for, for you guys. Hold on a second. You guys there? Yeah, I'm alive. All right, you're alive. Are you guys hearing John in there? Nope, nothing. Ah. Go ahead, John. What about now? Yeah, I hear him. I'm sorry. All right, you guys hear John in there? Yes, no? All right, yeah. Quark said he heard you. Little little, okay. little problem there on the mixing board, and I see that uh, Quark is back in the line. I don't know why Mortis doesn't hear him. Quark says he hears him, though. Hmm. All right, let me bring him in. Let's try this again. Captain, Hello? Captain, you back? I think so. Am I good? I am. Uh, I'm raising your volume a little bit. Hold on. Is this better? I hear you fine. I don't know if, the, if these guys can hear you guys in there. I know I hear myself over an echo. Oh, you hear yourself over an echo? Yeah. All right. How about now? No? Maybe? Good? Yeah, I can't hear myself. You can't hear yourself, but I can hear you well. Okay, that's good. You're fine, too. These guys are dying in there because now they can't hear you guys. Ah, can they can... one guy said, yeah. All right. Mixler. They can hear him on. They can hear you guys on Mixler. For those of you that are listening on the GFQ feed, I guess mute the GFQ feed for the moment until we can figure out what's going on, and then you could just hear uh, Quark and Blade on Mixler. So let's let's go from there. So as you were saying about Daniel Bryan, uh, if you could just repeat that. Oh yeah, I pretty much said that. I think at first I thought Bryan teaming with the Wyatts was a horrible idea. It stunned his momentum. But I think in the long run, it'll actually help both men out because there's no way you're getting the Wyatts over as a legitimate threat. They were just looking like a poor man's back alley Duck Dynasty version of the Shield. And I think this is the best way for Brian to get himself over and also help Bray Wyatt become a main, a main event player, as Brodus Clay says. Well, what do you think of the possibility of pretty much Daniel Bryan destroying the Wyatt family from within? Uh, John made a good point, and he said it, it can kind of be like the whole John Cena thing when he was teaming with the Nexus, right. but a whole lot less obvious. 
By the way, um, do me a favor. Uh, if I know you're probably listening to the audio in the background. Turn it down a bit because it's bleeding into the, the show. I have, I have it completely turned off on my thing. Let me see if my phone is doing something. John, do you have it on in the background? I do not. My room is silent. Oh, that's odd. Unless it's the is TV. It, Whatever you guys got running in the background. Be- I have everything muted. Is it better now? I'm going to turn my phone volume down a little bit. There you go. I think it should be fine. All right. All right, cool. Quartz is ruining it for everyone. On a so, daily. So, John Blade, what do you think? Well, Quartz pretty much stated everyone, everything I thought. I I really couldn't. I, I still think it's pretty early to make actual decision on what I think about it, but um, I think that's the uh, angle they're going to take. Brian is slowly just going to cause dissension in the group and force them to break up eventually. I think that one of the things that a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Danny Bryan, he comes out. They've derailed his push completely. And, and you know, it's easy to assume that because this was all Vince's idea. So, you know, it's it, 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 it's definitely po- possible that he wanted to toss him into the group just to not deal with it, you know, not to deal with Daniel Bryan. But in a way, and and I and Cork mentioned this in his article, it's like Daniel Bryan comes out now and the crowd isn't behind him as much. Obviously, they want him to be viewed as a heel, but even still, even as a heel, he's not getting any, any sort of heat of any sort. I don't know. Even with that dead crowd they had at the show, they were still cheering him on throughout the entire fight. Yeah, it was, you know, it's one of those things where it was it was definitely, it, it's a big gamble. Now, of course, Curtis, Curtis Axel and, and Biggie Langston, um, was a pretty paint-by-numbers match. The big thing that came out of it was, number one, Ryback on color commentary was moderately amusing. But number two was some a very a very veiled jab at Lillian Garcia, which... Um, Terrible. Yeah, which a lot of people were like, wow, you know, that was kind of... Because pretty much for those of you that, that didn't catch the segment, uh, Ryback, he's like, oh, you have to excuse my voice. It's a little hoarse, you know, thanks to thanks to Lillian Garcia or something along those grounds. And it was, it was definitely, it took me a second to figure it out. Cause I'm like, is he saying that because you know, he's sleeping with her or, or what? And then of course the web breaks it down and they're like, yeah, well, there's always a running gag that Lillian Garcia has a, has a horse face. And, um, you know, Ryback pretty much kind of threw that zinger in there. And it was weird because when he said it, you can kind of hear the, the awkwardness in, in, you know, in Michael Cole and JBL's voice. They're like, huh, yeah, all right. You know, like they just didn't know what to do with themselves. I thought that was because Ryback's commentary was shooting on funny. I'm no, sorry. it was good. Get it. Well, we're going to commentate on, we're going to comment on her horse face when Summer Rae has a fucking beat. <laughs> I'm well, just saying. No, well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, Prissy Hen. Chrissy Hen comes out with with Fandango and and whatever and we we crack jokes, but like with Lillian Garcia, she's such a non-factor. You know, I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but it's like Lillian Garcia announces and then she fades to black. I met Lillian Garcia in person, and uh, Slick was actually with me when we met her. She is a she's a sweetheart. She's a really really nice lady. So it just it just took me by surprise that he would just be like, oh yeah, you know, horse face killer. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, it's like well, making damn. fun." It's like making fun of Trent Beretta. It's like who? That's that's a good way to look at it. It's, it. It is on on that same on that 
pretty much same wavelength that he was just like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Lillian Garcia. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? It was it was beyond random, beyond random. I actually think that they have that commentary in here. Hold on a second. Let me see. If I can cue this up and you guys can hear this. Uh, right back, I'd like to know uh, how uh, you and Curtis started calling your team uh, right Axel, where that came from. It's pretty simple, Michael. Here's you the cover, Ryback, hook of the leg, and a kick out. You take Ryback, you take Axel, you put them together, moron. <laughs> nope, definitely. They cut that out. Of course they did, because clearly, you know, him saying Lillian Garcia fucking looks like Mr. Ed would not have gone over well. But Oh, brother. Exactly. Brother, 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 oh, brother. But, um... Overall, the match was pretty paint by numbers. And of course, I saw a lot of guys on Twitter saying, oh, typical bullshit match from Curtis Axel. I really don't understand what people want from Curtis Axel. I mean, him coming out and pretty much shitting on his own dad was was pretty fucking ballsy. He's like, oh, look, you guys are applauding the guys that beat up my old man. Like that was that was a, a ballsy fucking thing to do. And it was it really kind of showed that he doesn't give a shit and that he just wants to be over. Now, you know, I'm going to flip it to John on this one. Do do you think Curtis Axel is at the point where he just doesn't give a shit and he's just happy to be on TV? Or do you think that there's a, a slight tinge of bitterness? I, yeah, I'm going to go with the first option. Firstly, I don't give a shit about Curtis Axel, so I doubt anyone <laughs> else does, but... Like, I'm, I'm, I think Curtis Axel's reached that point that it's just like he's just there to collect a paycheck. It's like he's going to do what he wants and say what he wants because he knows no one really cares what he does. Okay. Well, let's do let's do armchair booking for a second. If if you were the booker, how would you book Curtis Axel to make him entertaining? I can't really. Uh, that's actually kind of difficult because I really don't. I all jokes aside, I honestly don't even pay that much attention to Curtis Axel. But um, damn. <laughs> That's that's pretty much it. Yes, more or less. Yeah, I got I got an idea. Sin Cara, it was, I think it was more memorable when he was with the new Nexus than as he is a solo. Sin Cara Black and regular Sin Cara form together to become Perfect Sin Cara, who was played by Curtis Axel, Mister Perfect Sin Cara, <laughs> Perfect Axel. Perfect there you go. Cara. There you go. Perfect Sin Cara, <laughs> like Cell. Just all the different fucking he. They they get absorbed together, and you got. Perfect Sin Cara played by Curtis Axel. He does the perfect plex. He does that weird swinging DDT shit. And um, he does a swanton bomb that never connects. <laughs> no? Not good? Uh, I'll, I'll just see where the whole right Baxel thing that came out of nowhere just goes. Right Baxel sounds like, like a medication you take. Right Baxel sounds like medication you take for hemorrhoids. I gotta take this right Baxel. My asshole hurts. It's, from fucking Garcia. Yeah, there you go. From from Lillian Garcia's horse teeth. <laughs> well, let let's take it to Quark. Maybe he won't give me the crickets. How would you book Curtis? I'm sorry. Axel? No, it's not your fault. It's just d- 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 creative has nothing for you, sir. Thank you. Good day. <laughs> you you didn't you didn't understand what John was really trying to do. His silence was metaphorical to <laughs> Curtis Axel having no personality. John's actually a much deeper thinker than you really think. <laughs> I don't know, man. He he could he it it's I I feel bad for the guy because like I said, you have a guy he comes out, he he trains the Rock, Brock Lesnar, gets him ready for their matches. He's an accomplished wrestler. 
completely accomplished. And he just comes out and it's exact it's crickets. It's it's shit. Have him get attacked by Jake the Snake. Okay, that would work for one week. Unless he he, he the the gimmick was he'd be he'd have a snake he thrown on snakes. him every week. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. I don't Okay, wait, wait, wait. He can be he can be great Kali's snake charmer. <laughs> oh shit. There you go. Well, Run Runjin Singh was out for Monday Night Raw, but maybe you could make the uh, great Kali and Curtis Axel a team. Maybe you could call him Axel. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cuz at this rate Rybaxel is is just as bad. So Paul Heyman want to stick with that guy. You know, you know it's bad when Ryback kills Dolph Ziggler dead and pretty much nobody gives a shit about either guy. Well, I give a shit about Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, but you know what it is? Let's say let's say for for a second that Dolph Ziggler needs to retire from post due to post concussion stress disorder like um Chris Harvard. You just ended a guy's career. Much like Goldberg ended the career of Bret Hart. See, you're just like Goldberg <laughs> even in that oh, regard. God. Just ending motherfuckers' careers. It's it's terrible. You attacked by Goldberg and your goddamn dick don't work. <laughs> what is wrong with you? But um <laughs> let's let let's get away from Curtis Axel because he'll bring the fucking show to a screeching halt. Let's Thank talk God. about uh Roddy Piper and the Shield. First off, like 30 people were complaining that Roddy Piper had notes written on his hand. First of all, Roddy Piper can cut a promo in his fucking sleep and make it work. It doesn't matter that he missed a point or two here or, here or there. The fact is, Roddy Piper's probably top five, one of the greatest talkers in the business, period. And? So, no, I'm just saying, it's like... It's like for people to complain that the guy had the notes written on his fucking hand, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think people, I, I don't understand why people are getting on it when the, when the Rock did it. Yeah, but but you know well, what they it got, is? They got on the Rock too. People just like to complain. That's the problem. But that's that's the thing. You're looking at a guy who's a, who's who's a legend in this business. The guy's been cutting amazing promos since I was a kid. So what? He wrote fucking notes on his hand. Who cares? Gives a shit. It's embarrassing. Everybody's like, oh, you know, it, it, he he should he should have been on top of it. And I'm like, really? What? Because creative gave him some bullshit thing to say. Who cares? His exchange with Ambrose alone was gold. And I see people in the chat. All the notes on his arm just said were CM Punk. That's all he had written on his hand. Well, he was heavily. Riding the CM Punk bandwagon. Well, it's funny. All over it. Well, you know what it is? It's funny because they were saying that Dean Ambrose had the night of his life in the chat room. But for for those of you that didn't hear, I got the uh, the promo. Check this out. Things don't work quite like they used to, except for my mind is fine. And there's only one guy that can match me on the microphone. And his name is C.M. Punk. 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 
would think you of all people would know to tread lightly in a situation hey, hey, like you're hey, in. Hey, 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 hot rod. Yeah. Can I call you hot rod? Look. Sure. I appreciate what. First of all, I don't know why Snarf even got on the fucking microphone. Cause, cause he fucking, all right. he sucked the fucking air out of that exchange. Can, can, can I call you Hot Rod Lion-O? Can I? Why well, I gotta huh? pick on Seth Rollins? <laughs> no, I like Seth Rollins, but it's just like his voice doesn't match him. And then Roman Reigns, he's like, sup? Like, like he's just sitting there. Like, like if, you, if you watch that entire video, it's like Dean Ambrose is on the verge of losing his fucking mind and stabbing Roddy Piper in the heart. And and then Seth Rollins comes out. Excuse me, excuse me, Hot Rod. Yeah, where where, where well, there, there are no Ambrose cracks in the cycle. shield. I spent like half an hour watching Dean Ambrose promos today. He's just insane. Exactly, that's who he is. Dean Ambrose is out of his mind, dude. But Rollins just came. He's like, yeah, you know, there are no cracks in the shield. No, it's like shut up, shut up, <laughs> don't speak. That sounds like fucking Skeletor. Seriously, dude, it's like it's like Snarf and Skeletor. Fucking Snarf Rollins. Somebody should just draw Snarf <laughs> in a shield vest. Somebody. Anybody make, make that, that happen fucking happen. Oh, it's fucking <laughs> terrible. And then, like I said, Roman Reigns is just sitting there like, is it my time to talk? Am I, it, can, I, can I talk now? And, and, it, and Eddie gets up, and it, the only part of that promo that made it work was when Roddy Piper pinched his cheek because it really was like a, like a child molester touching an adult. Because he was like, yo, man, did you just fucking touch me? Did you touch me? And he's like, yo, if you touch me again, old man, I'm going to beat your ass. I was like, see, that's that's all he ever needs to do. So he should just be like, if you talk to me like that again, I'm going to break your fucking face. And that's it. That's all he should ever say. Nothing else. He's the equivalent of Bruce Willis in the fifth element with one word answers. That's it. Rollins, tell him how you feel. Good. That's it. Never speak again. Ambrose should do all the talking for the three of them. Because he's out of his fucking mind. I will say... How do you really feel? <laughs> well, no. You, you know what it I'm is? I'm waiting for the debut of Ambrose Alley. I'm excited. You know what it is? I, I, I love the Shield. I think the Shield as a, as a unit are, are the three best wrestlers to come out of developmental recently. Three best wrestlers. I have small problems with them. Number one, the, the Roman Reigns face turn that they want to force on us just so that they can make rumored uh, Welsh Batista, Mason Ryan, a member of the Shield. Don't do it. Don't. Don't do it. I'm I, so upset about that. It's like, if anybody should have been a member of the Shield with Reigns' departure, it should have been Chris Hero, who got cut. Because it would have worked. Don't see, the, the Mason Ryan experiment didn't work once. Well, you know what it is though. They want they want Roman Reigns because he, you know, he he looks like a, like he's the Mullen. Well, yeah. Well, you know, he he's he's <laughs> he's the right kind of black, and um, that's number one. Number two, he looks like he should be on the cover of a, of of a cheesy sex novel, and um, he's the closest thing to the Rock that they got because it's not Jimmy or Jay Uso because they're the wrong kind of Samoan. They're they're hood Samoans. Damn it, I don't want that hood <laughs> shit on my TV, damn it. You know, They're don't want Samoan. that. What? What? Did you say the Usos are not Samoan? No, they're fat Samoan. Oh, well, 
They're not the chiseled Samoan like a rock. They got what? they got that pouch and on their front. Yeah, but you know what happens? If you look at the Usos when they started, they were skinny. I think that the WWE yeah. just told them to get fucking fat. <laughs> the, the whole thing about the Reigns uh, pushes, if you push him solo, who's going to talk for him? Because Lord knows you can't have that guy on a mic for more than 30 seconds. He's just going to come out and just be like, believe that. Believe in this ass whooping. <laughs> believe, believe in this in the ass rain. whooping. That's it. Believe My in the rain. Soon. His reign of terror. Yep, the yeah. reign of terror. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Perhaps the that may happen. versus the reign of terror. I can already see it now. Book it. Because that's what Santa does. <laughs> Mortis says you split Rikishi in two and you have the Usos. Well, pretty much, but he, it's, like, it's like Rikishi is chubby Majin Buu and the Usos are the skinny Majin Buu's that separate out of him. I, I don't know. I think I think Rain should stay with the Shield, and they shouldn't force this fucking face turn. Because don't get me wrong, the crowd is into it. But what the fuck does the crowd know? Let's not. Let's not. Let's be real. Let's let's not let's not shit on wrestling fans, but let's shit on them. <laughs> it's like it's like what the fuck do they know? Because because they chant Reigns and they pat him on the shoulder when he comes out. You know what he should do? I just they have a really. Go ahead. I have a bad feeling. It's gonna be like Ryback almost. Ryback came out, you know, he's feeding me more. He was the bomb. But then they gave him a mic, and now he's fucking buried. <laughs> Reigns, you know, you, you stick him in the shield, perfectly fine. You give him a face turn, and he's going to give, like, Billy Gunn a concussion or some shit. <laughs> Sad, but very fucking true. I think, I think a, um, the, problem with, the problem with this entire fucking debacle is that WWE doesn't want to let shit play out. Like, you should let the Shield destroy everybody, win all the belts. Yeah, yeah Again, I think that's where you dropped the ball with them all having a belt. Yep. Like, like, they could have had, had a streak just holding all the major belts and no one being able to stop them. Kind of like with Evolution, but it's a lot better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you wanted to add a fourth member, maybe turn a main eventer and throw him in with the Shield to get all the belts there, I would have done that. If Give Hornswoggle a vest. Get him in there. They need a mascot. Well, well, well. Let, let hold on one second. If if we had to turn a main eventer and put him in the shield, uh, I'll give it to Quark first. Who would you put in? What main eventer would you make a fourth member of the shield? Oh, um, at the time, I would put Punk. All right. At like like I cut several months ago. You know, like when he came back after fighting Taker. He had that new look. If you just have the entire time, like, yeah, I made the shield. I've been around the entire time. I let the rock win. You know what I mean? Like okay. Some great, like, just, just some, like, weird shit. You know what I mean? All right. I got, you know what it is? In a twisted way, that might work. I mean, Punk in Factions is always very weird because his promo work is so stellar. It's like when he was leading the Nexus, it was pretty much like when people talk about the Justice League. Oh, you mean Batman and his bitches. That's pretty much punk, you know. It's like punk and his bitches at that point. Or you know, you could you could have had Heyman do it. Heyman might have worked. You just have it like Heyman the entire time was just paying off the shield. Well, that's they teased that. Remember, they kind of teased that, and then they yeah. just they just fucking swept that shit under the rug. I'm like, why that worked? It made sense. Oh yeah, it made sense. <laughs> I mean, it's very it's very hard to say now who you'd want to enter the shield because it's like such a good three man unit that almost adding or subtracting anyone from the team almost seems pointless at this point. And because everyone fills a role. 
You right. know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of hard to say who you could add in to like make it better. All right. Fair enough. John Blade, what about you? Would you put a main, what main eventer would you put in the shield, if any? A main eventer? I was just gonna put Christian in there, honestly. Christian. But uh, the way I see it is, they just the only the only slot that the shield will have would just be. So, are you are you done? Yeah. <laughs> I, put, I think the the only slot you could possibly put in is just someone to tag with Roman. I mean, not Romans with Rollins, because you already have your big guy. You have Ambrose, who just does all the talking, and you just need someone to tag with uh, Rollins. So if I had to put someone, put Christian in. Give him something to do. All right. You know what I, I how I would have probably done it? I would have, and, and I wouldn't, not using a main eventer, I would have put Tyson Kidd in the shield, put him with Rollins, oh. push Ambrose for the, for the main event, and groom Reigns for the mid-card, and then have the shield implode, where, you know, for whatever reason, Reigns challenges Ambrose and the shield just implodes. Use the evolution. You know, they love re- recycling shit. Use the evolution breakup the same way. Why Tyson Kidd? I think because Tyson Kidd is, he falls into the same sh- snarf-like category as Seth Rollins, where it's like, you know, he's not that great on the mic, but he's very athletic and he works well with another athletic wrestler. But can he pull off the vest? That's the main question being in the shield. You have to be able to yeah. pull off the vest to make it look good. Can well, you rock the vest, boy? Well, no, because Ambrose doesn't rock the vest now. He rocks that medium Under Armour sleeveless shirt. So he's not really the vest guy anymore. It's he's the boss. When you're the boss, you don't need to He has to distinguish himself. He's rocking the badass hoodie, though. I would have actually worn that shit. The hoodie he had on Monday night looked pretty cool. Like The only thing is that the shield logo looks like some shit out of Game of Thrones. I don't see a problem with that. I'd wear it. Not bad. But I but I would have used Tyson Kidd because he at least would have worked with Rollins. Even Justin Gabriel. Alex Riley in. Gives him something to do. Well, poor Alex Riley. He he has that terrible fucking hairdo when he does NXT now. So <laughs> that's a separate story. Anyway. So your boy, your boy Sin Cara took on Alberto Del Rio. They finally uh let Chimico. Del let Del Chimico, Rio get that win on. back. Don't yeah. let the dream die out. Chimico. Sincara is fucking buried. It's still Sincara to me, damn it. Well, you know what? You know what it is? So he hits that powerbomb, then it's like, well, shit. Well, you know when he hit that powerbomb on Del Rio and Del Rio's head bounced like a fucking Mexican jumping bean on the ring, I was like, yeah, that push you had, gone. But (laughs) the funny funny thing was, it's like Del Rio didn't fucking bump right either to take that move. So I'm like, eh, maybe they're not going to blame him for it. But sure as shit, he he did the job this week. But, you know, Del Rio comes out, he cuts his promo legitimately, and, and I think somebody said something to him because he was, he was saying some real ignorant shit in Spanish. And then he was like, Ustedes son unos perros. And he's like, you filthy dogs. And I'm like, aha. Somebody, somebody spoke to him about that shit. So, you know, it was, it was you know, the, 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 promo, the promo work was typical Alberto Del Rio, but it was funny because he's trying to sun Batista. Batista hasn't even debuted yet, and he put the kibosh on that feud. He's on Twitter like, who? Who are you? He's like, he, it was funny because Batista put out a tweet. He's like, yo, don't turn, don't make this, don't turn this from a work into a shoot. Because Del Rio said in an interview that Batista got his ass whooped in MMA. And all I would have said if I was Batista was, let's look at that video of you getting your head kicked in by Mirko Krokop in Pride Fighting. 
and talk about anybody getting their ass whooped in MMA. But again, I, I digress. Making those two guys feud is the equivalent of fucking watching paint dry. Batista's on another level. I mean, Batista's promo work isn't great, but what's Del Rio going to do? Come out. Oh, you come out here with your muscles and your tattoos. You're a big movie star. You know, you haven't been in this ring, yeah. perro. He's not you a big been... movie star. It's, it's like, shut up. Like, he's a man the iron fist, dog. Yeah, well. No, he was actually made of bronze. Bronze. Yeah, he was, he was, he was a uh, bronze body. But besides that, he's like, dude, I'm in a Marvel yeah. movie. You know, you're a fucking extra on Telemundo. I'm doing Marvel movies. It's like there's no comparison. Like it's weird. Like like of all the people you're gonna you're gonna set up a feud with, you're gonna put Alberto Del Rio with Batista. It's like yo, that shit that that shit wouldn't be entertaining even if they tried. Fucking terrible. And let's let's talk about uh your boys, the real Americans. First of all, Zeb Coulter coming out with that with the sign, priceless, priceless. Just him just him being blatantly racist is just a beautiful fucking thing. And you know it's Vince. You know Vince is back there. You're gonna go out there and call them all wetbacks, damn it. Uh Vince, Vince, we can't do that. You know, the network is launching a couple of, I don't care. Carry a sign that says illegals go home. Something. Something Poor racist. real Americans. They deserved it about like months ago. I think JBL should be part of the faction just because of the subtle support oh, yeah. he gives Zeb Coulter every week. Oh uh, great. Every week. It's it's like J it's like JBL. Do you guys do you guys, you know, get dressed? After Raw's done, you know, put on your street clothes, and then you go, hey, what are you going to do? You want to go grab a drink? Nah, let's go burn a cross in front of R-Truth's house. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. What are you doing tonight? Eh, I figure I'll throw a, a, a brick through Kofi Kingston's window, have it perhaps say Jigaboo go home or something. Sounds like a good idea. You want to bring Antonio Cesar with you? Eh, he's Swiss. He's not really American, so fuck him. But I'm sure, I'm sure Jack will come with us. Jack, are you down? Absolutely, I'll drive. They they pull up to fucking R Truth's house in a rented Yugo and throw a brick through his window and drive away. <laughs> fucking terrible, dude. That that subtle racism from JBL is so great because you know JBL is probably <laughs> racist as shit. I'm surprised he didn't try to hang. He didn't try to hang Ron Simmons in the dressing room when they were part of the APA. Damn. Pretty much. <laughs> Ron, you know, why don't you put on this tie? It kind of looks like a rope. No, 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 it's a tie. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's kind of a rope. <laughs> I'm putting that shit on. <laughs> Seriously, like, like JBL is straight, a straight racist dude. Him, Vince, Zeb Coulter, they get together. They go, you know, they go, oh, we got to get with some darker divas and a little dark meat. Sounds like a good idea, Vince. This <laughs> racism. Between that and Booker T trying to do fucking yoga, like, that segment was super awkward. And it's like, we've had DDP on the show. DDP's a cool dude, but it just it just seemed like such a blatant shill. Like, it wasn't even subtle. Like, hey, Dallas, what's going on? Hey, man, how's it going? I got the deluxe package DVD yoga. It's not your mother's yoga. To their credit, to their credit, Booker T said, you here for a shameless plug? <sighs> Yeah, but you know what yeah, it was? They even acknowledged how bad it was. Oh, yeah. They said, you trying to get that plug, dude? He, well, you know what it was? They acknowledged it, but what killed me is, like, DDP is is a guy who, you know, with DDP yoga, he's he's pretty much ring ready. He could probably go in there and have a decent match. You know what I mean? Give the guy, like, five minutes, come out there and hit a diamond cutter on somebody. Oh, wait, it's an RKO. 
It's like he has the diamond cutter. Randy has RKO, and the world implodes. That's, that's it. going to happen. But but that's what I'm saying. Like, think about it. The you, DDP can probably go out there and put on a decent match. He's he's healthy. He's in good shape. And it's like he just every time he comes on, it's always some weird fucking creepy shit. Always some weird shit. Like, yo, I'm going to shill this DVD and then I'm just going to stand here awkwardly and have fucking Ron Simmons make fun of me. It, it just doesn't work. I mean, Booker T, all right, whatever. Booker T wants to be in a match. He could be in a match if he wants. But DDP, I think he could probably he probably has one good match in him. And not for nothing, he he pretty much left the business without like doing like a farewell match. Give him one. Maybe one day. Him and Bret Hart will have a death count anywhere match. Oh, Jesus. Four out of ten, I perhaps? And you'll have a match to, for ownership of the finisher. Probably. Well, shit, if, he, if DDP beat Jay-Z, he could beat Randy Orton. He no, did. it'll be DDP, Randy Orton, and then the third man, John Laurinaitis, for ownership of that match. Oh, for that Jesus. <laughs> ah, yes, good old ace, ace pressure. Or body ace well, then, you know, fast-forwarding a bit, Great Khali took on Damian Sandow, and... Uh, Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Probably team on a pole match. Yeah. That was that match. That was that entire match. Three reasons. Number one, fucking Indian Frankenstein coming out. And it's just, um, I'm like, Damien Sandow, you, you, you were on the verge of becoming champion. And now you do the job. The hardcore job was terrible. Completely fucking terrible. I got nothing, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, 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 move on to the next thing before we all cry about that whole situation. That's fine. That's fine. It gave me a chance to Sando, get to so They just use Sando because they need to use the WWE app every week, so they need to use something for it. So put Sando and Kali. Sando on a pole match. Well, Michael Cole. Here, I'm Michael Cole, and during this shitty match, you go to the WWE app and beat your own cock to your reflection. <laughs> it's better than this shit. Only on the WWE app. Terrible. Well, here's... If you want to go see Jerry Lawler die in his own bed, please go to WWE app right now. Well, that's one thing, and, and I'm glad you guys actually brought that up. Jerry Lawler... Had a health scare. And it wasn't even like, ladies and gentlemen, let's just, uh, quick announcement, go backstage. Jerry, how are you feeling? Oh, you know, I was backstage getting, you know, a hand job from one of the divas. My chest hurt a bit, but you know, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. All right, King, back to you. All right. Go back. No. Go on the WWE app to find out if Jerry Lawler may or may not be dead. Film at 11. I'm like, I'm like, are you guys fucking kidding me? You want a health update on one of your guys, and and you use it to show the app. Not even, hey, let's go backstage. Hey, Jerry, how you feeling? Oh, you know, feeling a little under weather, but, you know, it's old school raw. I wanted to be here, you know, support all the legends. That's it. Thanks, guys. Done. No. Hey, you want to see Jerry Lawler's colonoscopy? Go to the WWE app. Hey, Jerry Lawler's getting his prostate examined. Let's go to the WWE app right now. Come on. They're always taking a shit as we speak. Go to the WWE app. It's, 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 it's the worst kind of shill. Because it's like when Jerry Lawler was announced that he was, when it was announced that Jerry Lawler was ill on like 17 different wrestling sites, everybody's like, Jerry Lawler had a stroke. 
Jerry Lawler's in the hospital. Brian Christopher sad. Hashtag sad face. It's it's like, ugh. Is he dead? No. Maybe he had indigestion from bad food from fucking Cracker Barrel. But holy shit. Can we sac- can we sacrifice Jerry King to save Mae Young? I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know what the terrible thing is about that? It's like Jerry Lawler nearly dies on television, comes back, nearly, you know, has has the the, the scare of his life, and like I said, nearly dies, and, the, and WWE's like, oh yeah, hey Jerry, welcome back, thanks for not dying on air. And you know that, they showed like 18 video packages of him catching a stroke, him getting the stroke face like fucking Rockstar Spud on Impact. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? And they made like a whole angle about it. It's like, didn't didn't Michael Cole make fun of your mother like fucking dying during your feud? All of a sudden he's like, ladies and gentlemen, oh, you're my best friend, my, Cole. My, my my colleague, my colleague Jerry. Um, you know he had he had a, a heart attack during last week's Raw. You can see the footage on the WWE app. Like, yo, come on, son, damn. Only on the WWE Network. For, for six payments of nine ninety nine, you can watch Jerry Lawler die over and over and over. It, it, and that's you the kind of shit. You can set a reminder to send you a text to see Jerry's next heart attack. <laughs> All right, that's what they're gonna be screaming twenty four seven. That's be a camera in his house every day, just waiting. That's it. You have to enable a, over the top. You have to enable <laughs> alerts on your device to know if Jerry Lawler's pacemaker is working or not. You get, like, alerts and shit. It's just like, oh, Jerry Lawler's near a microwave. Everybody gets an alert. You see everybody on Twitter, Jerry, don't put the hot pockets in the microwave. Hashtag sad. Hashtag sad. Hashtag don't die, Jerry. Hashtag hard times. (laughs) Hashtag long live the king. Hashtag long live the king. Yes. I paid 10 bucks a month for that. Sleep. Die. Repeat. (laughs) Eat. That's it. Die. Repeat. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because of course Brock Lesnar comes out. <laughs> Paul Heyman once again continues to be Jesus on the microphone. He just resurrects Brock Lesnar's gimmick every time he comes out. And it's like Brock Lesnar comes out, beats Mark Henry's ass, like fully whoops his ass. Then the big show, who pretty much has been on television being a complete bitch for the Maybe last New six Year. months, all of a sudden comes out. Oh, and and Brock Lesnar's like scared. It's like you realize Brock Lesnar fought motherfuckers your size in the UFC and beat the fuck out of them. Like like how's that supposed to? You, Big Show cried on television for three weeks straight. Three fucking weeks of him crying like a bitch. And then for New Year's he was baby New Year. You had a seven foot tall giant wearing a diaper. And I'm supposed to be scared of you? Fucking hit Especially you. When you're slowly lumbering down the aisle. Hit you with my fucking car and run away. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Just drive my fucking Toyota Matrix right into the big show. Look out the window, see if he's dead, and then run away like fucking Daffy Duck in a Warner Brothers cartoon. Seriously, it's like it's like, yo, are are you kidding me? Like, I could understand if Mark Henry came out, Brock Lesnar's like, fuck, that motherfucker's big. You know? He he may fuck me up. But it's like, it's the Big Show. Big Show fucking gets his ass whooped by Rey Mysterio. How can we take that seriously? Like, you, like, like think about it. WWE spent all this energy to make Mark Henry a badass motherfucker. 
Mark Henry comes out now and you're like, oh, somebody's about to get beat the fuck down. Big Show comes out and I'm like, oh, I got to go take a big dump. Fucking terrible, dude. Like, like, like that's what fucked up the gimmick. And then everybody's like, yeah, well, you know, they had to sacrifice Mark Henry to set up the match with the Big Show and Brock Lesnar. Really? Who wants to see that? Ooh. What? The so ring doesn't gonna, break. I'll be insulted. Yeah, like, what are you going to do? Break the ring again? You, If you want to impress me, have a Hell in the Cell match, have Brock Lesnar F5 the Big Show off the top of the cell like some shit in 2K14, and then maybe I'll be uh, slightly impressed. Just slightly. Yeah, fit the shooting star press off the top of the cell. There you go. I like what Mortis said. Why couldn't they sacrifice the Big Show to set up Lesnar and Mark Henry? Because because they want to keep the black man down, Mortis. They want to keep the black man down. That's what that is. Just a, just a racism. No, but seriously, it's true. I would have sacrificed the Big Show. Fuck him. Fuck that big lumbering goof. I don't give a fuck if he lost 100 pounds. Fuck him anyway. I think I have an answer to this. I Let's, think they want to... Are they writing off Mark Henry? I don't know. But I've heard different things. Like, first they were saying he's not going to be in the Royal Rumble... Then they were saying they were going to write him off. It's like Mark Henry said he's not going to retire for like two years. I'm just thinking they're going to write him off for a little bit and then have him come back and fuck with Big E. Well, they were just tagging a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, That's yeah. what I mean. He's supposed they to good, I know they want to do that feud. He's supposed to feud with Big E. That, that I know, but it's like it's two unrelated things. Like Supposedly, they didn't want to use Big E as the guy Brock Lesnar made an example of because they didn't want to derail Big E, which is fine. But why would you derail Mark Henry, who who still, to this day, like Mortis just said, after his whole fake retirement speech, deserved a run with the belt? Even if it was for, 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 for a month, he deserved it. Should have got it. No, we got the big slow coming out. And, and, and you know, Brock Lesnar's supposed to be scared of that dude. I don't, I don't get it, man. Like, I, I didn't understand the logic in that booking whatsoever. There is no logic in booking. I thought you knew this. Well, it depends, dude, because sometimes they have shades of, of brilliance. Like, like you know, the, the end of Raw, which we'll discuss, obviously, in a little bit. But that's what I mean. They have shades of brilliance. But amongst all those shades of brilliance are nuggets of shit. Like the Bella Twins taking on Alicia Fox and Oksana. I don't know if Oksana's doing double hand jobs backstage or what. But she's been getting pinfalls left and right on chicks. I'm like, yo, what the fuck just happened? Why? Why, you know, why is the it's Russian, hot. why is the Russian mail order bride? I can't because I don't watch those matches. Why, dude, why is the Russian mail order bride getting, getting victories? Why? And, and it, you know, you just said because <laughs> she's hot. And it's like, but she's really, she's all right. Don't get me wrong. She's, she's, she's good looking. But it's not like, holy shit, you know? What if you push Caitlyn? Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Damn. That Caitlyn push out the door. They push Caitlyn out the door. Supposedly, she left because creative had nothing for her. They won't get there. That's, and, she, and she decided, rather than them cut her, she's like, I'm out. Peace. Mortis, Smart woman. Mortis says, by 2015, Eva Marie, Divas champion. Dude, she is literally cancer on the fucking... I can't, I can't watch her hair because her, I can't watch her because her hair is so unnaturally red that it looks like a used tampon. I don't, I don't get it. It's like, it, like, like, I just don't. Go ahead. I just don't understand. Like, she, like, it's that's like that's her gimmick. She has fucking red hair. 
Anyone could dye their hair red. There you go. Why? She can't do, like, I, I know it's so certain to say she can't wrestle, but she literally can't wrestle. Dude. And to the point where she's going to fucking hurt somebody. I could put on better matches with any of the toys on my desk. <laughs> That 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 are substantially better than anything Eva Marie does, and you know I feel bad because it's like I shit on the Bella Twins and I've shit on them consistently, but given the fact that both of them are wrestling main eventers in their spare time, they've improved a little bit. They're not total shit now. Still shitty, but not as shitty as Eva Marie or JoJo. What's JoJo been in the ring for? Like five minutes? Like ugh, get out. Don't don't even walk down the ramp. Terrible. Yawn to them. Well, your boys 3MB, and, and we know Quark loves those guys, took on Too Cool mm-hmm. and put Too Cool over. And um, first off, I didn't even know Scotty Too Hotty was still alive. Didn't even know he's, Scotty Yeah, he's been sleeping in the phone of you for the last two years. Oh, well, they, a bit. He, they said he's a fireman. It's like, oh, what do you do? Put out fires, do the worm in the firehouse? No, Scotty Too Hotty. On it writes itself. It's it's crazy because it's like like Grandmaster Sexy comes out and it's like Jerry Lawler in bad hip hop clothes. Yeah, it was kind of scary how how much he looked like that. Like Jerry Lawler couldn't be there because he was portraying his son for the night. <laughs> Jerry Lawler's a little under the weather, but uh, Grandmaster's here. <laughs> and Rikishi, Rikishi's awesome because he just doesn't even get dressed. He just wears his like Samoan hitman outfit. He he reminds me of like a Samoan version of Saul's bodyguard from Breaking Bad. He's like Samoan Huel. He just stands there. That that's it. He's just stood there the entire match and then fell on who the hell ate the pinfall? Was it Jinder? Don't right hind- don't right hinder Jinder. Right was it him? I don't know. I couldn't see him under Rikishi's ass. I think it was J- Jinder that ate the pinfall. It was it was Jinder that ate the pinfall, and then they danced. And Scotty Tuhati, I don't even know. He started freestyling. He did the worm, and then he started doing like the bruck up. Then he was doing the Jerry Lawler stroke dance. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what the hell's going on? And then for I don't know what reason whatsoever, they parade all the legends out there to the Godfather's music. They got no hoes, no hoes with them. It's like, yeah, we're gonna play this pimp music while the legends just stand there and wave. It's like Nikolai Volkov. He's like, I'm just happy to be here. Just so happy. <laughs> I'm just happy to be alive. That's it. Bob Backlund. Yeah. I'm like Jerry the King. You know, Bob Backlund just coming out with his fucking medium suspenders and his howdy doody haircut. It's like, give that guy one of the hoes. Give him one. All, all of that was built up for Bad News Barrett. That's all it was. Yeah. And Bad News Barrett. Ready. Bad News Barrett came out and cut probably one of the shittiest promos. And I know that. You know, Quark, Quark is, is a Wade Barrett mark, but it's like, yo, his, his fucking, first of all, that scaffolding takes like 20 minutes for him to get up there. And then when he's up there and they finally. <laughs> the show is in popularity. Uh, yo. The podium gets higher and more people like him. The podium, the, they bring up, it's so bad that they played the Godfather's music for like three extra minutes while the podium went up. Because if you watch the video, the crowd is kind of like, oh, you know, you can see the crowd kind of seeing the podium come out. I'm like, ugh, fucking douche chill theater. Well, the thing is, the reason it rose is because it's built of all the anticipation of the fans and all the fucking bodies he's ethered over the weeks. <laughs> well, you know what the <laughs> so worst is? Just, just slowly build into it. 
I want I want the, the greatness of weighing down the podium. That's I, what it is. I want the listeners to hear this fucking diatribe oh. of dog shit from Bad News Barrett. Now, I'm not even I'm not even gonna play the oh, whole man. thing. I have some very bad news for your listeners. I have We're some, gonna have to listen to some shit. It's like, hold on a minute, let me see. Do I even I don't even have a hammer. Wait a minute, this'll do. I have some bad news. I'm gonna play a bad news Barrett promo. Ladies and gentlemen, can I have some decorum, please? (laughs) What a momentous occasion. Look at all these legends gathered here for old school Raw. Well, it should be a momentous occasion, but I'm afraid I've got some bad news. You see, flea markets across the entire U.S. were driven to a frenzy today by virtue of the fact that none of this lot were available to sign 25-year-old photos of themselves and shake hands with the seven or so people who have... Yeah, see? When he's trying to put together... Can we together, have some decorum, please, while Bad News Barrett is speaking? When he's trying, to put, he's trying to put together part of this promo, and it's just falling apart as he's putting it together. He's like, yeah, uh, the legends and three people came to get their signature, and yeah, they're old, and yeah, they suck. I got some bad news. This gimmick is shit. That's the, that's the bad news. This gimmick is complete I, I, shit. I like Bad News Barrett. Okay. I think why? one day, why? If, like he just gets, it's like really vulgar, and he's just like up at the podium, and you don't see like him banging the hammer. It's like what's that saying? It's like Can I have that is not my hammer. Room? That's not my <laughs> hammer, but my dick beating against your fucking thoughts, and he just like leaves or something, and you don't see him for like weeks. I like, think this is something really foul. I think that's it... my dick beating against your fucking mother, and what? What? Go on. <laughs> That's. I think that's how he's gonna. That's how he's gonna quit. <laughs> I'm afraid I have some bad news. I'm afraid I have some bad news. Vince McMahon. Father. Vince McMahon likes me to use three fingers. That's the bad news. <laughs> that he just walks out. I got a push. I got a push from Pat Patterson. That's the bad news. Decorum. Decorum decorum it's it, it's bad because it's like he when he was like the badass brawler dude it was like all right that shit is kind of legit then all of a sudden they were like yeah let's just put on this this velour blazer and make him a festering bag of dicks for 10 minutes every week he doesn't even wrestle he just comes out i got bad news i'm not wrestling this week you're welcome here's the problem Guess what you're talking about this week? Bad News Barrett. Guess what you never talked about? Wade Barrett. I did talk about... finally over, though. No, I've talked about... I've talked about Wade Barrett when he... Dude, when he was... No, no, no. no. One of those things, it's Wade Barrett was like, okay, it's Wade Barrett. But all he did was he came out and he talked a big game, but he got his ass beat. Now, it's fucking everywhere. Well, you know what fucked up... Bad News Barrett. you, You know what fucked up Wade Barrett when he got injured in that one match that he was, um, right, right out when he injured, he I, 
Yeah, when he when he got thrown over the top rope and he got injured, he was actually supposed to win Money in the Bank that year. And that injury just wrecked his entire his entire fucking momentum going in for the rest of the year. And 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 I say to myself, had he not got injured and won the briefcase, would they have put the belt on him? Yeah, because he had a really decent feud with Randy Orton during that time. That he did. He did have a good Randy Orton feud. And it was good. And he was beating ass. Like, wait, that's the problem. Wade Barrett's like a, he's, he has a good build. He's decent looking. But they just don't have the fuck to do with him. And now he's stuck in this proverbial hell of bad news joke Barrett that he'll never get out of. And when he does, he's going to go back to the lower card. Yep. Well, you know, you know what kills me, too, was the fact that they they take him. He came in with such great fanfare. I honestly thought when he came in that William Regal was going to be his manager because that would have been epic. Not only that, but you would have you could have actually even got a good tag team run out of those guys making them like the um, what what was it? Uh, William Regal and Dave Taylor and WCW United Kingdom. Yeah, they were called something else in WCW. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like you put those two guys together. Give him a little tag team run, you know, pupil and teacher. You split him up. Barrett breaks off on his own. And then, you know, you move him into the main event. Like Quark just said, good build. You know, decent mic skills. He has a solid finisher. I mean, the Wasteland, yeah, depending on who he, who, who he did the move on, was okay. But the, but the elbow was nice. You know, the elbow started to really come together. But, you know, WWE took it upon themselves to saddle him with this shitty gimmick. And like Quark said, there's probably no turning back for him for the foreseeable future. This is this is his sexual chocolate. <laughs> Damn. Yep. It's all downhill from here. You, you can almost compare it to the Brodus Clay thing. He's trying to be the main event player. No, dude, you're the fucking Funkasaurus. Well, Forever. That- you're doomed. It's like you're the main event player of what? Chuck E. Cheese Superstars. on the weekends? Like 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 I could understand if you're trying to push him as that, but what kind of a main eventer are you when look when when Awesome Kong has better musculature than you do? Like 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 you know, like I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to think you're a main event level guy. Like I said, he's Ernest Miller in the fat suit. Like Men in Black, you're going to unzipper Brodus Clay's head and Ernest the Cat Miller is in there. I like what Jay said, though. Jay said put Cesaro, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and Wade Barrett together and call them the hooligans. And just have them wreck shit. I could see that. They should all come out with... with, That's it. Soccer kicks to the face. Cesaro's too American for that now, man. I don't know, man. That would work. Like doing like an evil fucking, you know, foreign faction. But not like some... Like like some... I'm not talking about some lame-o bullshit, but I'm talking about, like, hardcore European uppercuts and soccer kicks. Like, Randy Orton, where you're not doing the punt anymore because Sheamus is going to start kicking people in, the, in their fucking heads. You don't mind, right? No, go right ahead. You know what I mean? Like, that shit would work, and it would actually get those guys over. It would be like a European version of the Shield. Just them fucking people up every week. Because not for nothing, in that match... With the with 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 three MB when Drew McIntyre kicked Scotty Tuhati in the head, I fucking winced. I was like, "Oh, that motherfucker's dead," because it actually looked good. I'm like, "All right, that's that kind of works," but sadly, not happening. Comments? Anything? Bueller? 
No. All right. So no, Just no. Closing out Raw. CM Punk, Roman Reigns. Of course, the big one. We I I knew from from the start that Reigns was going to go over because clearly, but a couple of things were were definitely apparent. First off, Ambrose gets on the apron and Reigns gets the pin. So when Reigns is like, "Yo, I'm I'm the top dog in the Shield," you know Ambrose is going to be like, "Well, if I wouldn't have interfered in the match, you would have got your ass kicked." So. Uh, you, they, they did good booking in setting that up. What I liked also is the fact that they're trying to get over Roman Reigns doing the Superman punch. And it's like, it works sometimes. Not everybody has learned how to sell that effectively yet. And the spear, you know, the spear is the spear, whatever. But, but the spear is starting to get into DDT territory where every dude has a spear. Because Christian has one, Batista has one. Roman Reigns has Big one. one. Big Show has had one. Caitlin had one. Who knows if they decide to give Goldberg seventeen bags of gold and a million dollars, he's gonna have one. Like, come on. I th- I think you know it's like Roman Reigns has all the tools that he deserves a better finisher, and please don't give him the Samoan drop. That's the equivalent of uh, of giving our truth a move and calling it, you know, the ghetto blaster. Which worked for Bad <laughs> News Brown. The convict drop. kick. Yeah, the convict kick. The fried chicken drop. The watermelon <laughs> slam. The grape drink plunge. No? The collard green kick? No? <laughs> Nothing? How about the per how about the purse snatcher? No? Not the purse snatcher. That could work for R-Truth. I could see R-Truth doing that. R-Truth finisher, the purse snatcher. Yes. There you go. Blatant (laughs) racism. Damn it, that's a great idea. The purse snatcher. Child support. The child support. Yes. Yes. And you'll miss it every time. That's the thing. Oh, how about about my sleeper hold called the Hennessy? Yes. Take this Hennessy choke hold. (laughs) I'm going to call it the itis. Put you right to sleep. The itis. The itis. Wow. Yes. The itis should be the finisher for Brodus Clay. <laughs> His finisher should be the itis. That is fantastic. Wow. Jay Santi, R Truth's finisher, welfare recipient. <laughs> My God, King. My God, the welfare recipient. My God. He's been broken in half. My God, he just hit Caitlin with the child support. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit such such blatant racism but it's true like Roman Reigns like everybody has the spear he makes it look good don't get me wrong but it just it just doesn't fit like everybody has that move it's only cool because it's like the triple powerbomb think about this the triple powerbomb is supposed to be this 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 end all be all finisher but it's really not it's basically a one man powerbomb with a two man kickstand is there, there, there's nothing impact, there's nothing impactful about that shit. Neither is wasteland. Yeah, well, uh, neither is the attitude adjustment. <laughs> let's let's not kid ourselves. Blatant fireman's carry, one of the most basic moves. You, one of the most basic moves you learn in wrestling. Oh look, the fireman's carry is my finisher. Great, Jay Santi, R Truth's finisher, the foot stamp. <laughs> 
terrible. Anyway, the match itself was good, but the end of the night was what made it work. When Jake the Snake's music the hits, Ambrose, oh. and he comes out with the with the bag, and everybody said to themselves, "Is it Coke? No, it's Damien, or <laughs> or or some sort of snake." And then all of a sudden, he just drops the snake on Dean Ambrose. And the problem was, Dean Ambrose was smiling like a twelve year old kid at Christmas. He was like, "This is the greatest <laughs> night of my life." Sure, the snake it just shit on my chest, but I don't give a fuck. Marking out with a true fan. My favorite thing is the picture on WWE.com and Buried where Dean Ambrose is laying down and you see Dean Ambrose smiling and the snake on top of Dean Ambrose looking at the camera yep. also smiling. It was, it the was, snake is smiling. Dean Ambrose, <laughs> Dean Ambrose said to himself probably when he went backstage, this was the best night of my life. Roddy Piper just clowned me on national television and I had a snake crawl on my body and shit on my chest. <laughs> Fantastic! That's, that's, that's the greatest night beautiful. of his life. Greatest night of the fucking guy's life. But you know what? You know what got me was the fact Jake the Snake came out and people are cheering him, and you could just see on like seven year old kids' faces, like who? Like what the fuck does this guy have? What is he doing, Dad? What's in the pillowcase? You know what's in the pillowcase? Oh, an eight ball and 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 a Saint Ides. No, but no, but but seriously. The thing that gets me, and, and I love Jake the Snake. He was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. It's like, yo, if I was the snake, I, I'd come out of that bag and wrap around Dean Ambrose's neck and kill him dead. You take a snake, you throw me in a fucking pillowcase. I can't see shit. Then you drag me out like, you, like you're pulling your dick out to fuck a prostitute before your wife gets home. And then you throw him <laughs> out. You throw the snake on the poor bastard's chest. And it's like, what if the snake wraps around his head and fucking crushes him to death? The snake couldn't be happier. You didn't see him cheesing. Uh, but but think about it. Just think about you. You know, you they always use boa constrictors, and they throw the snake on there. They use pythons, boa constrictors. They throw the snake on there, and sure, it's like, yeah, this is a trained snake. What did you do? Teach the snake to roll over? Like, like, shut up. Like there was one guy on oh, smile. Yeah, one guy on Twitter was like, "Yeah, man, you know, it's it's a, these are trained snakes. How are you training a snake? Let me fucking know. Please don't eat me. Thanks. Please don't constrict well, taught, my skull. How to uh, move, to uh, slither, to crawl, <laughs> how to not murder. But 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 think about that just from a from a common sense standpoint. You you take a a, a pretty dangerous fucking animal you throw it in a dark-ass pillowcase, and it's not like he's carrying it gently. He has it slung over his shoulder. It's fucking sliding back and forth. Snake probably has a concussion and shit. Comes out half-dazed. He's like, fuck, man. You got to throw me on top of this bastard now? It was, it was, just, it was just so crazy. Like, and, and again, as a kid, when you're young and you see this dude pull out this giant snake out of a fucking bag, you go crazy because you're like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Then when you're a grown-up, you're like, yo, the snake is fucking probably hating his existence right now and may or may not kill Dean Ambrose on national television. It may happen. So apparently me and John are children because we thought that was fucking awesome. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but you guys but you guys are, are in that you guys are younger and appreciate. Don't get me wrong. I'm marked out. You know what I mean? I don't. I, I make no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm marked out like a fucking kid. I was like, oh, shit, it's Jake the Snake. It's like, you know, my wife goes, yo, is it, I'm glad he's not dead. 
You know, like that's what that she was. She's not, she was like, oh, it's kind of cool. He's not dead. And it's like, you know, he comes out and, and people are just like, who's this old man? Except for like CM Punk. CM Punk thought it was the greatest day of his life. And Dean Ambrose died like seven times over. So he didn't care. It's, it's, it's just crazy. I think the only time that Jake the Snake probably freaked me out was when he had the snake bite Macho Man on the arm. Because that shit was crazy. Like, like that was WWE on some, on some next level shit. It's like, hi, we're just gonna have this snake bite Macho Man on the fucking arm. No problem. It's all good. Well, Macho Man was a fucking psychopath. Yeah, He well, was down for it. Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna let this snake bite me on the tricep, yeah! He infected the snake with the madness, man. Yeah, I, it, like, that was just fucking crazy. Macho Man's there, and I'm like... And, you know, I think it was Bobby the Brain. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's the snake. Oh, my God, the snake bit Macho Man. You could just see the announcers were like, holy shit, this is really happening. It was the equivalent of Foley falling off the fucking cage. Like, you didn't know what the fuck to say. And I'm like, I'm like, there's no way in hell that 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 did not hurt like a motherfucker. Like, yeah, just let the snake bite me on the arm. I don't care. Macho Man had like fucking three lines of coke, fucking some speed. And a bottle of gin before he came out. Fucking craziness, dude. Fucking craziness. But overall, old school Raw was was very, very well done. Had a couple of low points, like I said, but overall, the, the legends were used correctly, and the Jake the Snake surprise was, was awesome. Where the fuck was Hogan? That is my problem. Hogan is the equivalent of wrestling Carmen Sandiego. Because every wrestling website had him somewhere. It's like... Hogan was spotted in Pittsburgh. Hogan was spotted in Vegas. Hogan was Hogan was spotted in California. Hogan was spotted in a in a small Thai brothel with a monkey. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like yo, who cares? Hulk Hogan was spotted with Bubba the Love Sponge fucking his wife. There you go. That's where he was. That that's that's exactly where he was. I'm sure that's where he was the night that Bubba the Love Sponge fucked his wife watching. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Bubba, I'm just going to run to the bathroom real quick. Sure, Hulk, no problem. Hulk's wife comes in. Hey, hey, honey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, I'm good. Hey, why are you taking off your shirt? Hey, 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 why are you pulling down my zipper? Hey, 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 what are you, what are you doing with my meat, with my meat stick? What are you doing? Like, then, then that was that. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Hogan's watching it in like a room with like, while he's eating oh, a Subway, with, with a Subway sandwich and a jar of Flintstone vitamins that he's washing down with some Powerade. <laughs> Fucking sad ass shit, and and and, and I, the best part of that entire fucking story when we talked about it when it happened was just the fact that Hogan's like, yeah, you know, I was unwillingly videotaped. Oh, were you? Were you? Yeah, dude's wife just walks in butt ass naked, and and you you have no problem going to work on her. What did you think, Bubba the Love Sponge? Of course, Sponge you didn't was, know the camera was there. Of you, course. What did you think, Bubba the Love Sponge wasn't pulling his pud behind the fucking closet door? Are you crazy? You know what? You don't you don't know what you would do in that situation, so you can't fault the man. No, nah, dude, fuck a that. Lapse in human error. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> let me let me explain something to you. There's 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 a genre of pornography, which is called cuckolding, and we've talked about this. Yeah. And 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 that was pretty much what Bubba the Love Sponge was going for. Hogan played the role of the bull, which is the guy that you hire to fuck your wife. That was Hogan, and Bubba the Love Sponge watched that was it and hogan was mad because you know they didn't have real american playing in the background and um (laughs) 
you know, that, that he didn't think that it was being videotaped. Are you crazy? Are you, are you nuts? Bubba the Love Sponge probably made him sign a fucking disclaimer before he walked in there. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Uh, you know, Hulk, before you go in there, you know, I, I just don't want, don't stick it in her ear. Um, don't do the leg drop when you finish. And um, <laughs> under no circumstances are you to tear off your shirt before you get to work. Come on. Stop. Out of here. Bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's switch gears and wrap up the rest of the wrestling news for this week. So uh, a lot of rumors going around that Rob Van Dam is coming back for the Royal Rumble for a brief WrestleMania run, which I have no problem with. I'm a huge Rob Van Dam fan, and I think um, throwing him in the Royal Rumble, who the fuck else are you going to throw in there? You got 30 guys. Half of them are jobbers. You got to have some star talent in there. Some. If you really wanted to trip everybody out, you'd make like number like number 25 the ultimate warrior. He just comes running out, runs into the ring, runs around in a circle, and then eliminates himself. And then eliminates himself. Just comes running out, Shakes the ropes. Everybody's like, holy shit. And then he just jumps out and leaves. Be fucking awesome. I think number I think number 29 should be Virgil. It's just me. Virgil just should be saying. Virgil should be zero. Like, we're not going to start one through 30. It's going to be zero through 30, and Virgil is zero. Virgil has to be the one managing the countdown clock. Virgil has to come out, set up a chair, Right before the match starts and sell autographed photos for five dollars. No, maybe not. Perhaps. But anyway. Yeah, if you have to sell autographed photos of Ted DiBiase, not himself. There you go. Photos of Ted DiBiase holding the belt different ways. And, <laughs> e- and each belt, ha- each photo has one of those little things like you have on those musical cards that you press and you hear Ted DiBiase's laugh. <laughs> yes. Everybody has a prize. That's it. Like, like when, when Biggie Langston was walking backstage, it's like, I'm just going to laugh. I'm just going to stand here and laugh and hold this belt. And I'm just randomly singing the Russian national anthem. And for some reason, an accountant told me to pay my taxes. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is totally normal. It's all good. It's all right. Everything is fine. I'm like, I'm like, that was the most random fucking three minutes ever on that entire broadcast. But I digress. Anyway. A couple of weeks back, we were talking about Jeff Jarrett officially leaving TNA because it's a fucking sinking ship. And um, allegedly, he's going to start a new promotion with Toby Keith. I don't know how true that is, but I think that if Jarrett starts another promotion, unless he's got a solid TV deal in place, no one's going to give a fuck. Sorry. These are the facts. It's, it's WWE and everyone else. That's it. It's not TNA, it's not Ring of Honor, it's WWE and the other guys. And I love Ring of Honor, they're a great promotion, they got great wrestlers. I still watch TNA, they got some decent talent, but it's it's a whole other ball game. Whole other ball game. And even if Jarrett did get a get a new promotion up and running, who's he going to sign? AJ Styles, maybe, and a couple of indie guys, and then he has to start from the bottom. It's it's insane. AJ Styles going to join the Rumble, calling it. That would be. I heard Jeff Hardy was going to join the Rumble. That'd be badass, actually. That, like people saying that he was trolling, but you never know. Like that. See, that would be crazy if it was like like 
20, 29 was like Jeff Hardy and like 30 was like Kurt Angle. I'll break your ankle. <laughs> I'd, I'd fucking lose my shit if Kurt Angle came out there. I just really hope they don't go with the obvious route and give Batista to win. Because I just feel like they've just been they've just been setting it up for like the past two weeks. That Batista is automatically winning the Rumble. So many people have been saying that that Batista's going to win the Rumble or or that, you know, Brock Lesnar's going to get into the Rumble as like number 30 and win the Rumble to guarantee himself the title shot, which I wouldn't even be surprised. It would be That's, the Rumble. I love the Rumble, but this year it's just going to be so predictable. It's going to be a big guy. Well, the problem is that if if you go with Reigns, that would be out of this world. Don't get me wrong. If they said, yo, we're going to have Reigns do the cane and eliminate like like 15 guys and win the Rumble, people would probably lose their fucking minds. Like, I think that would probably put Reigns over, but it's like once that's done, if he were to win, it's like that's the end of the shield. Because like I said, even if you bring yeah. up Mason Ryan at that point or whoever you want to put in play, it's like Roman Reigns just fucking won the Rumble. Like, it, it's game over at that point. But one guy, one guy that just, Go ahead. I think it's just disappointing, like, no matter, like, who wins, you're going to see a Randy Orton match, main eventing, WrestleMania. <laughs> well, you know what was like, funny? Orton is still going to have the belt until April. Yeah. Well, the, fun, the funny thing was, a lot of people, one of the guys that I had hoped would sign was Matt Morgan, but he actually announced that, number one, he's a father now, and number two... He's got a like a real job that pays him good money. So he's like, yeah, I'm not going to wrestle again. And if I do, maybe I'll do some independent dates. You know, like he legit was just like, yeah, it's not going to be me. So it, 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 I, one of the things I've said is that if you wanted to groom a big guy, you know, that can replace like the big show or the great collie or any of those other lumbering fucking cripples that they got, it would be Matt Morgan. He's a big dude. He he's never gotten any any huge injuries, and he's he's pretty decent in the ring. He would have probably been the only guy that could have been like the giant of the company, and it wouldn't have been so bad. I don't watch teenagers. I can't even comment. That's John's field. Well, it's funny. Mortis is saying that the boogeyman is going to come back. I wouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised. Ken Shamrock, you never know. Ken Shamrock's oh, Ken talking. Shamrock's a bodyguard now. He's fifty cents bodyguard. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you know what Ooh. that Yeah, Ken Shamrock is fifty cents bodyguard. You know what that pretty much equates to? <laughs> I'm City Tyson. Yeah, that's how that's how many fucks are given about Ken Shamrock being anybody's bodyguard. But Mortis Mortis and Jay Santi are throwing out some some cool ones, staying at number fifteen. Crazy, if Stink fucking came out, he would come out of the rafters and shit, the cable would get stuck, and he'd get automatically eliminated. <laughs> he'd come down from the rafters and shit, he can't get the cable undone, and they just throw him over the top rope, they're like, fuck out of here. Zack Ryder's dad, yes. <laughs> yes, Zack Ryder's dad. There's some good ones in the chat, let's see, Sting. Bring back Evan Bourne, he could do a nice spot for the Rumble. Uh, Evan Bourne is coming back for the Rumble, he kind of he kind of alluded to it on Twitter. Hopefully he doesn't break any Bruce any Harry. he doesn't break any fucking joints on the way to the ring or decide to smoke a fat <laughs> doobie on the way out and he'll be just all right. Trips on the aisle and break his neck. Yeah, it. just no, don't you know. Bushwhacker Luke, according to Jay, uh, Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman would be awesome just because it would just be ridiculous. 
Uh, the Miz's dad at number 12 to feud with Zack Ryder's dad. That's Mortis. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, you know what? You know what would be a good one? Just have, like, and I, and I joke about this all the time, like three Sin Caras. Black, white, and, you know, Sin Cara Perfecto, Curtis Axel. <laughs> Perfect Sin Cara. That's, 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 that's gonna main WWE. I don't give a fuck. That's it. Fucking Sincara Perfecto. <laughs> that's it. Sincara Perfecto. Alberto Del Rio's new gimmick, the million dollar Mexican. That's it. Oh, and it, but he has to he has to master the laugh. Mortis, May Young makes a surprise appearance at number twenty <laughs> after she defeats no. Death. Yes. Yes. May Young. No, it would dies. Kicks out at two. That's it. <laughs> That, you, you know, we're on a hospital bed. Fucking Devon Dudley. <laughs> Devon Dudley will come out with Michael Tarver. <laughs> By the way, Michael Tarver has a rap album. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He has a song on. <laughs> on um, hold on a minute. Let me see if I can find it. Michael Tarver. The cover is him standing in the locker room watching the TV that one episode of Raw. That's uh, what Tarver doing there. <laughs> Michael Tarver. Yeah, Michael Tarver. Yeah, yeah. Tarver. Here it is. Michael Tarver has a new rap song. Let me see if I can find this gem. Jay Santee, Undertaker's urn at number I'll make twenty. Your ankle hurt. Oh, here it goes. Former Nexus member Michael Tarver has posted a new rap song on SoundCloud, which can be heard below. The track is titled "No Weapon." All right, this song is six minutes long. I'm not even gonna play six minutes, but let's see what kind of 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 WWE caliber rapping we have here. This beat is terrible, first off. All I, ha- all I hear is gerbils. That's it. That's his career, screaming for help. Oh my god. It is six minutes. Yo, <laughs> it is That's six minutes. number eight. It is six minutes and 13 seconds of fucking. <laughs> That's what that shit is. Oh my God, was that Can you bad? link that to me so I could purposely not go to it? <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me see. If I could, uh, well, it's on WrestleZone. Full credit to WrestleZone for sharing that. Um, I just pasted the link in, uh, in the chat room. Oh my God, was that bad? The fact that the intro was roughly before a rap, a verse even was dropped was 52 seconds is oh god so bad so so bad but yeah your boy michael tarver rapping of course the big story of the wwe network which is what we're going to close out the segment with but before we discuss Wait, what? that i'm sold wwe network yeah. what is this oh yeah tell but, me more well besides that we got to talk about uh the departure <laughs> the departure of caitlin which um departure you know, may young from life sport no, she's still alive Come on, Quark. She ain't dead. I said from life support. Damn. Enough. Enough. <laughs> no. Okay. Nope. Definitely not. 
But um, the departure of Caitlyn, mourned by many of the MTR faithful, a.k.a. Celeste Bonin, <laughs> literally and figuratively. I'm, oh, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure that name will translate well to another career. Yuck, yuck, yuck. But um, <laughs> as, of, as of January 8th, she is no longer under contract with WWE, according to WWE.com. The former Divas champion has chosen to pursue other endeavors, hopefully porn, according to most of our readers. Um, <laughs> has chosen to pursue other endeavors outside the sports entertainment world. WWE wishes Caitlyn the best in all her future endeavors. Yeah. You know, Vince is like, why are you leaving? Why? I mean, you have so many other star, a whole star-studded roster of divas. Oh, yeah. Be that big with you. So, so, many, so many great divas that, you know, are, the, are about as physically intimidating as chihuahuas. Yep. Good times. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when... I, go ahead. I would drink Caitlyn's bathwater. That is all. When Caitlyn, when Caitlyn, put it like this, when Beth Phoenix left, I said, all right, you know, Caitlyn can step in. You know, she's a powerhouse, strong girl. Make it work. And then all of a sudden, she started going from powerhouse physique to diva physique. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, yeah, this is where we're going. That was it. I said, this is where we're going with it. And they they completely dropped the ball with her. And allegedly, they said that they had tons of of different storylines for her, tons of ideas. None of them came to fruition. And she was just like, fuck it. I'm out. Peace. She quit. I mean, you know. So you're telling me she disagreed to come out with the great Kali? Is that why she left? You never know. But, you know, I just found that. She didn't want, want a farting gimmick. Probably not. She didn't <laughs> want a farting gimmick. She didn't want any of those those shitty gimmicks. And, and what's what's depressing is not so much that she left, but the fact that their their roster of, of wrestlers that can actually decently put on matches has diminished once more. Because it's like, what do you have left? Natalia, maybe Summer Rae. Um, maybe Tamina. Maybe Tamina when she's not, you know. AJ. Yeah, but AJ doesn't even count because AJ's always been able to wrestle. I'm talking about chicks yeah. that come out of the WWE Diva Factory. You know, the only, the oh. only one, the only one that they got that that can really wrestle is Natalia. Like really wrestle. Like I'm talking. All oh, right, you're gonna come out and wrestle for five minutes, and I'm gonna actually sit here and watch it. It's crazy. But if they're smart, they got they got Bailey. In NXT, they can call up. They got Paige. They can call up. They got a couple, you know, Emma also, Sasha Banks. They got a couple that they can call up. But once again, we are we are in the um, Total Divas generation. So until that show tanks in ratings, it's going to be all Total Divas all the time. And of course, Charlotte, daughter of the Nature Boy Ric Flair, should get a call up, but only if, if her dad is her manager. That'd be the I mean, see more Ric Flair jacket elbow drops. That's it. Jacket elbow drops. Woo! My daughter will whoop your ass. Woo! Just dropping the elbow on his coat for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Super wasted with dark glasses, even though the, the arena is totally lit. But he just needs, like, giant dark glasses. He's just not giving a shit. Jay Santy says, Charlotte looks too much like her dad, but so does Brooke Hogan. Let's not kid ourselves. Well, look how well Brooke Hogan's career went. Oh, yeah, it went fantastic. Like I said, Brooke Hogan should have signed with the WWE immediately, and she would have probably been the face of that company, and her finisher should have been the leg drop. Why not? Fuck it. But, hey. Brooke Hogan mania is still running wild. Hey, it's either it's either that or, or, or Hogan's son, you know, 
paralyzed friendomania running wild. <laughs> Seriously, dude. It's like it's like his son, it's like, hi, you made your friend a complete fucking vegetable. Bathrobe and chicken soup style. And um you just could give zero fucks. His finisher, the neckbreaker. That's it. The, the finisher, <laughs> the guardrail. <laughs> fucking terrible. And it was funny, too, because allegedly they wanted his son. Hogan's son was supposed to be in a tag team with Garrett Bischoff. That's all I have to say. And supposedly... Is Garrett Ho- Bischoff actually his son? Garrett Bischoff is Eric Bischoff's son, yes. 100% true. And they were supposed to be in a tag team, him and Hogan's son, and supposedly Hogan's son couldn't do the training. Allegedly. Couldn't, yeah. Yeah. couldn't, couldn't cut the mustard, per se. Can't do three punches, a body slam, and a leg drop? Nope, can't do that, but can sure as fuck leave his friend in a wheelchair. He's good at that. What'd you do today? Made your friend eat fucking yogurt through a straw? Yep, that's what I did. Fucking terrible. <laughs> Best Christmas ever. That's it. What'd you get for Christmas? Oh, a full body cast and a gyroscope that spins my body around to keep me from dying. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. Anyway, the big news story, of course, the WWE Network, which pretty much laid the smackdown on the UFC fight pass in their own backyard. Um, CES yesterday, a uh, huge turnout. Uh, you had various superstars there. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan. John Cena, DX, Hulk Hogan from the rafters with Sting. Um, it, was, it, was an, it was an amazing, amazing press conference because... Not only did it usher in the network, but in essence, it really changed the way that we're going to consume entertainment because not only did they just drop this network, which pretty much goes live in a couple of weeks, but they're giving out all 12 pay-per-views, including WrestleMania live and on demand. So that's $60 per pay-per-view people were paying out the fucking window. And let's get honest. Let's be honest. Who really paid $60 for a pay-per-view? Uh, I my boss, completely and legally watched every single pay-per-view I've ever watched, I'll be, sir. I'll be honest. My, my my manager, you know, his his sons are wrestling fans, and what they would do is they'd take turns at different parents' houses. You know, one parent would pay for the pay-per-view. Another parent will pay for the pay-per-view. But still, that shit adds up. At $60 a pop, a pay-per-view in HD, and you're ordering all 12, you know, do the math. It's like 12 pay-per-views $720. Versus, you know, 120 for the year. The no-brainer. Really is. Besides the fact that you're going to get WrestleMania with a six-month commitment. So, in essence, they're still getting the $60 out of you, but you're going to get the, the two pay-per-views that lead up to WrestleMania. It should be two. Elimination Chamber and I feel you there's one. Shit. You don't I get f- Mania, dude. Huh? It happens that the network launches the day after Chamber, and there's never a pay-per-view between Chamber and Mania. There's not, right? I felt that there was. Yeah, they, they, keep, they keep that month for build-up, but most of the time. Okay. Well, even still, even if it launches after the Chamber and you get Mania, and every pay-per-view after that, you're still ahead of the curve because may, you get Mania, SummerSlam. Let's say Mania and SummerSlam. Money in the bank. Well, I'm talking like the big four. You get Mania and SummerSlam oh. right there. That's 120 bucks. That's your that's your one year subscription. 
in two of the uh, of the most watched pay-per-views. I mean, the Rumble obviously has is is big as well, but I'm just talking post-mania big pay-per-view is SummerSlam. So, right there you pretty much make back your money. Besides the fact that you're going to get 1500 hours of video on demand, you're going to get pay-per-view pre and post shows, Raw and SmackDown pre-shows plus repeats, and you're going to get all the original programming and Chris Benoit. You're going to get Chris Benoit with a disclaimer, and you're going to get all the Attitude Era and ECW stuff, according to them, unedited, unedited, excuse me, because you're going to have parental control to block out that content for your kids. So you can pretty much get ECW with Jerry Lawler saying that the arena was built out of toilet paper and full of shit, which is great. I'm all for that. So overall, it's a win-win for $9.99. All the original content. You get NXT. uh, You get Superstars. You get WWE Legends House, which is that new reality show they're going to drop, plus a couple of other shows which they've already demoed. Definitely not bad for 10 bucks a month. And I'm already dreading the sleep I'm not going to get. Well, yeah. Well, here's, here's, here's one thing also. They did something that the UFC did not. They're launching the network on mobile devices, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, the Roku box, iOS devices, probably including Apple TV. So they've pretty much cornered every outlet possible to get the network in front of everybody. They don't have to worry about, oh, we got to get it on this channel and this provider doesn't want to carry it and this other provider doesn't want to carry it. They've eliminated that. And that's what the big that's what the bigger story is. The fact that they just eliminated the fucking middleman. They just eliminated pay-per-view. In one shot. I mean, Genius. you're still you're still gonna be able to order the, the pay-per-views, but who's gonna do it? Who's gonna spend sixty dollars on a pay-per-view and you can watch all of them? You can watch six months of pay-per-views for that same price. Oh fuck. Well, there you go. Well, the big question before we get into some of the other stuff. Are are both of you guys gonna subscribe? Absolutely. I'm gonna cancel Netflix for it. You're gonna cancel Netflix for it? Okay. Yeah, why do I need Netflix? My girlfriend has it. Okay. I'm gonna her. All right, fair enough. <laughs> and not only that, but you're still getting and you know Mortis Mortis mentioned, and it's true, you're still getting Raw and SmackDown. And here's here's an interesting thing too: by them launching the network. They put pressure on the on the cable providers because Raw is the number one rated show on cable for USA. So USA is going to want to keep that to stay number one on Monday nights. So they're going to get whatever they want out of USA. Now, on the SmackDown side of things, there's a rumor that SmackDown may go to Spike TV, which if they do that, that may be the end of TNA as we know it. And pretty soon you'll be able to watch Impact on the WWE Network. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Seriously, because think about it. If you if you put SmackDown on 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 Spike with Bellator MMA right after, why do you need Impact when you know SmackDown's going to give you better ratings? I don't think SmackDown. Well, I mean, I don't think SmackDown will move. I think they like being with like the same company. I mean, they they've taken advantage of the the two companies like Comcast owning both shows. Right, so they don't have like a, like a like they don't have your only your only real competition. Why not do it? Yeah, well, no, know. I'm saying the real like it takes it gets sort of the the brand split by having it on like the same own company, like on both shows. Right, 
So if they go to Spike, I mean, it's possible. Spike just seems more, like, edgier, and they like their family-friendly shit nowadays. Like, back in the 2000s, it was different. I don't know. Well, you know what it would is, be a genius business move just to completely fuck over TNA. They but, they would. They would we'll fuck see. over TNA. And besides the fact that TNA went back to shooting their, their shows at Universal, and then WWE was doing, they did some shows in Universal, and, and TNA had to fucking not, not tape for like three weeks. They had to go on the road for three <laughs> weeks. It's like, you know, Vince McMahon, he's like, TNA's not competition, but fuck them anyway. <sighs> You know, because Jay says TNA is not competition. They're not even on the same track. This is true. But think about this. If if Vince kills TNA, he can just say, hey, I'll give you five bucks for your tape library. And that's it. He'll, he'll be like, I'll buy your tape library and maybe I'll take Sting, Bobby Roode, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle Jeff Hardy, and some of your knockouts. Samoa Joe. And some, yeah, probably Samoa Joe. They'll put Samoa. They'll put Samoa Joe in like a fucking pineapple gimmick. Come out like a giant pineapple. He'll be he'll be the mascot for the Usos or some shit. Because that's because that's what Vince would do. Damn it! You're gonna dress like a pineapple. Seriously, it's like if 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 Spike had the opportunity to be number one on Wednesday nights, let's say if they did SmackDown Live, then that would pretty much be the end of TNA. It would. Because TNA's been been living on borrowed time as it is. I'm shocked they're still around. This and that, the WWE Network. I'm I'm shocked TNA stocks didn't drop after it. Well, the funny thing, the funny thing with the network is they're gonna they're gonna launch it that Monday, the 24th, with and they're gonna have you know a WWE Raw post show. What I guarantee you, they'll probably do is they give Impact on Thursday night. What they'll probably do is they'll be like, oh, we're going to give NXT on Thursdays. Oh, it's over. And that'll be that. Because think about it. You'll be able to from watch what, From it. 9 to 11? Yep, from 9 to 11. That's it. And on top of that, you're going to be able to watch encores of Raw, SmackDown, and Main Event on the network as well. So, no, you know, no problems there. You'll be able to get that stuff. And... You know, even even if for whatever reason they decided USA turned around and said, yeah, you know, maybe we're not going to renew. Vince is just going to be like, yeah, well, Raw just go on the network too. fuck you guys, which they're not going to do anyway, because they're going to want to compete with Monday Night Football. So basically, such content on the network that John really has no excuse to not write. Oh, shit. Well played. Well played. Well. Besides, besides the fact that of, of writing or not writing, in, in terms of just content for us, just as, as for the show, think about it. We'll be able to discuss Raw, SmackDown, NXT, any original programming at the drop of a hat. Because it's, it's like all the there. best shit ever, dude. It's it really literally is. like, it's like, there's never a time now where it's like, oh man, I wish wrestling was on. Oh wait, it is. It's always on, wherever the fuck I am. Well, the, the funny thing it's, is that... It's beautiful. In terms of media, in terms of media presentation and, and hitting mainstream, this announcement has been huge because even Forbes wrote about it and they were saying that WWE has put themselves in a good position to negotiate their television rights for their programming following the announcement of the network because think about this, 4 million viewers tuned into Raw this past week, 4 million. And if those same 4 million subscribe to the network, WWE would earn their their revenue for 2012 
just on on you know that that subscription alone how crazy is that four million people turned in tuned into raw if those same four million subscribe it would make up their entire revenue stream that they made in 2012 that's insanity i'm literally speechless it's a lot of money and basically the wwe network is the most genius thing they've ever done well from they just, that shit on vince but damn dude smart Vince knew Vince knew how to do it, and making the announcement in Vegas was was huge. Every because everybody was talking about it. Everybody. It was in every major newspaper. It was in every major financial outlet. Everybody was talking about it because, like I said, they have they have the live they have the live programming, and they have the demographic of people that are savvy enough to to actually pick up the network. Think about this: everybody has some sort of a console. Everybody has a console. Everybody has a mobile device. You have millions upon millions upon millions of subscribers at the drop of a hat. It's crazy. Except people who own Xbox Ones, because fuck them. Well, Xbox One is supposed to be getting it later on, but Xbox One and 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 certain smart TVs are going to get it. But even still, even you can go as far back as the 360 and the PlayStation 3, and still have it. Which no is no Wii U. Sadly. No, we, you know, no, love for the kids. No, no, no love for the churins. No love for the churins. <laughs> but it's true. It's like, it's like if, if raw, if, if old school raws, 4 million viewers ordered the network, that would be it. That'd be it. That would cover them for the entire year. It's, it's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. Compounded with the fact that <laughs> they, that they can set what they can set whatever they want. If they wanted to include commercials. So think oh about, God! Commercials. Yep. Think about it. Think about all that. Like if they, you know, because you know they got partnerships with Walmart and shit like that. So you know you might get one or two Walmart wrestling toy commercials or whatever. Obviously related to the network, but you're still gonna get something. Well, I'm paying. If I'm paying ten bucks, I, that's like it's like you pay that. It's not like they need the money for the commercials. commercials. They don't need the money for the commercials, but people pay for Hulu, and Hulu has commercials, and people still pay for it. Wait, Hulu Plus has commercials? Yeah, Hulu has commercials. Yep. That's fucked up. That's what I'm saying. That's like four or five every episode. There you go. For like 30 seconds. That's what I mean. Like, Pete, you know how many many companies are going to want to buy into that? And the beauty of it is that WWE is going to be able to be super selective with that shit. Super selective. Oh, you want to advertise on the network? Well, it's going to cost you this. Simple as that. Ridiculous. I just can't wait to see. I just just hope there's as few technical difficulties as possible when it drops. I'm well, thinking again. It's like I want like day one. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be frank when I tell you guys that there's gonna be such an influx of traffic that day Damn. when it goes live that I it's like I'm gonna subscribe and I'm not even gonna turn it on <laughs> until like Wednesday. <laughs> not even gonna do it. I'm not even gonna do it because think about the amount of people that are gonna jump on this. Num- number one. All the wrestling fans. Number two, media outlets that are going to want to review how the application works and press. It's going to be. It's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. It's like yeah, it goes live two twenty four at eleven o'clock. You're not going to be able to log into that motherfucker till the twenty sixth at one p.m. Because <laughs> that's how that's how bad it's going to be. I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy. But. The, the the beauty the beauty of this is we actually finally get after all the years Vince finally delivered we get a 24/7 network with every with every aspect of wrestling that we've watched pretty much our our entire adult lives 
the Attitude Era, the ECW shit, WCW Nitro, the Monday Night Wars, the NWO Invasion, everything. Everything, everything. Like no not, like no kid can ever can ever say that they don't know who like Dusty Rhodes is after this. Jay says we will hear Michael Cole plugging the hell out of this shit. <laughs> this is true. Is he gonna plug the WWF in the network? Is my own question. I, I well, thought the network was launched from the app. Yeah, the network launches from the app, so he's gonna he's gonna plug the shit out of it, dude. Plug the shit out of it. From now till February twenty fourth, Michael Cole is in full on show mode. He's gonna wear a WWF t shirt. Like the shitty t shirts that Jerry the King wears. Oh, just God. like with the WWF be dazzled on his fucking shirt. Oh, forget that, dude. Jer- Whenever Jerry Lawler goes for a CAT scan, the X-rays are going to have WWE app logos on them. I already see it. The day after the Elimination Chamber, the app launches. No one gets on. That night, bad news, Barrett. How <laughs> can I have some order? You, you fools. Try to sign up for this program. $10 a month. You can't even get on. You never know. Uh, Michael Cole has to bring back the anonymous GM podium in every show. Like, let me tell you another great feature about the WWE Network. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Just from the anonymous I'm afraid GM. I have some bad news, GM. You can't even log on. <laughs> Terrible. Well, now that now that we've got that out of the way, I want to just um, address the the May Young situation. Um, the May Young situation. We we posted on the fan page that they had taken her off life support, and. Pretty much, uh, one of the guys, um, what was his name? Mike Mike Mooneyham from the Post and the Courier put out an article that she had passed away. I shared that on the fan page. Those guys later on had to file a retraction because she clearly wasn't dead. <laughs> so, as of right now, it seems that she's off life support and, you know, they're saying that she's, you know, she's still with us. Her condition has yet to change from what was reported Wednesday night. But how crazy is that? That dude had to have either been seriously reprimanded or fired. He's like, oh, yeah, she died. It's like, first it was like, oh, she's off life support. Then it's like, oh, she's dead. And then it's like, oops, sorry, she's not. And yeah, it doesn't was, know May Young too well. Well, you know what was what was funny was that, like, Booker T, he was like, yeah, you know, rest in peace, May Young. And then five minutes later, damn, you know, I heard she didn't pass away. Um, Lillian Garcia, that, Chris Jericho, countless wrestlers like, yeah, you know, Mae Young, rest in peace. And then like five minutes later, you see the tweet. Oh, I just heard that she didn't pass. Blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's it's just been a day of insanity. With What, with, did, what did Mae Young's hand for a son tweet about it? Uh, I don't know, but I'm sure that he is probably very, very concerned at this moment. I think that's why they had to write Mark Henry. That's why they wrote Mark Henry off of television. (laughs) Now you know. He had to go take care of his son. That's it. He had to go take care of his son. Maybe Mark Henry fucked her back to life. That's it. You never know. All right, all right, all right. Let's not get crazy. Decorum, decorum. (laughs) Can I please have some decorum? Because I have some very good news. There you go. Some sexual chocolate brought her back. That's it. No, but but seriously, it's just it's just crazy because when when Fabulous Moolah died, I was like, damn, you know, like like May Young outlived her substantially. 
Like, it wasn't even like, oh, you know, a year or two later. It's like years passed since the fabulous Moolah passed away. So it's like, that's crazy. I mean, you know, it's it's funny because, they, you know, in the chat, they were like, Jay was like, she's a tough old broad. It's like, yo, that's crazy. She 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 got out of death at the two count. Just saying. Anyway, with that with that, I'm actually uh, gonna wrap up the wrestling segment for this week. Um, Thank God, Joe. There you go. We're just we're just gonna go out on a high note. Anyway, before we wrap things up, uh, anything you guys want to say before we close out? Read buried biashes. There you go. John, read old school buried. There you go. Yeah, gotta, I gotta, <laughs> gotta, gotta support the kid. There you go. You gotta support the kid. All right, fellas. Make sure to follow. I will see uh, you on Monday. There you go. Make sure to follow Quark on Twitter, Quark MTR, MTR, and uh, make sure to follow John Blade, John U Butler on Twitter. Um, I don't know if you guys want to share your Instagrams, but if you do, you could share them on the fan page or whatever. Well, not Quark, but Instagram, I know Blade, Blade Blade uses that uh, Instagram business. So, yeah, you can catch him on that. You really, I don't post anything even remotely interesting on Instagram. Exactly. He's don't not, even worry about it. He's not like me. I'm just saying. If you want to see what John's eating for dinner tomorrow, then follow me on Instagram. There you go. If you want to see what John is Ooh, eating. Leftover. Leftover spaghetti. Delicious. <laughs> I'll, I'll start making food out of different wrestlers to get you guys to follow me. There you go. WWE ice cream bars the every week. Man. Every week. All right, guys. <laughs> I will catch y'all later. Yeah. Peace. Peace. That was the incomparable and dynamic duo of Quark and Blade. Make sure to follow those guys, Quark MTR. On Twitter, John U. Butler on Twitter, and as always on our Facebook fan page, and you can keep up with both those guys there. All right, so uh, wrestling segment went a little longer, but we actually had a lot of stuff to discuss. But let's get into some video games. We got a lot of news to discuss in regards to that, so let's not waste any more time and get right to it. All right, so first up, Double Helix and some Killer Instinct news has announced that they will be making Saber Wolf the latest free-to-play uh, free character, and will he will be replacing Jago. Jago will no longer be the free character on Killer Instinct. He will now cost $5, so if you want to master anybody from now on, you're going to have to switch from good old Jago to good old Saber Wolf. Oh, ugh, excuse me, Saber Wolf. Also... That patch is going to fix a couple of issues, including an updated ranking system, which is going to stop the bug that erased player data. It's also going to fix some of the other unblockable situations that have been pretty much plaguing the game since it launched on Xbox One. In some other fighting game news, the fifth character for Ultra Street Fighter 4 is rumored to be coming out of the franchise's comic book line. Uh, Silicon Sarah reported that uh, the character that they're probably going to be going with is a character known as Sarai Kurosawa, who appeared in Udon's comic book series, as well as Ibuki Street Fighter 3 Third Strike uh, stage as well. Sarai also had a cameo in Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and of course, most of the characters that are in Ultra Street Fighter are coming out of that series, 
as well. So definitely keep an eye out for that. I actually heard a, a rumor that it was going to be Asura from Asura's Wrath. I mean, that would be fucking awesome because of the crossover that they did with Akuma and Ryu. But if they pull somebody out of the comics, that's not such a bad deal either. Of course, with CES in full swing, both Microsoft and Sony had to make announcements with regards to their flagship systems. Microsoft announced that the Xbox One sold 3 million units since the console's launch November 22nd through the end of 2013. As of right now, it's still too early to tell, in my opinion, if there's a clear winner, only because the PlayStation 4 sold 2 million units through December 3rd. And, you know, like anything else, overall, Sony's just continued to have pretty much an iron grip on the retail space. And I say that because any store you walk into right now, PlayStation 4, uh, excuse me, I said PlayStation 3s, PlayStation 4s are sold out, yet you can pick up an Xbox One relatively easy. Now, Kaz Harai, during the um, Sony presentation at CES, said that overall they have sold 4 million PlayStation 2 consoles as of December 28th. So by December 3rd, they had hit 2.1, yet by December 28th, they added an additional uh, 2.1 million units. So 4.2 million units have been sold overall since December 28th. But Sony did not only drop that massive number on us, but they also dropped the announcement for PlayStation Now. Now, PlayStation Now is utilizing the Gaikai purchase that they that they did earlier um, earlier in, in the year, not this year, but late 2011, early 2012. And what, what PlayStation Now is going to allow you to do is that you're going to be able to stream games not only to your PlayStation 4s, but also to your PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, your telephones, and your Bravia televisions as well you will actually get access not only to your PlayStation 1 library, but also PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3. They're utilizing, like I said, Gaikai's cloud-based technology. You'll be able to play video games instantly across multiple devices. You're also going to be able to stream movies, music, and TV as well. So based on what they've been saying, there's two schools of thought. You're going to have a rental, you know, a rental service or uh, piecemeal where you could stream the games as from a rental capacity, which probably is going to kill Gamefly in its tracks. Also, it's going to allow you to do a subscription. So say they said, you know, you pay $75 a year and you could stream PlayStation 1 and 2 games. And for $80 a year, you could stream PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 games. You would, you would honestly be getting a tremendous value. Not only will you get the most updated versions of the games, but they're going to be adding from what I've heard, um, achievement support to some of these games as well. As of right now, the PlayStation now will have a beta program here in the U S at the end of January, but it is going to launch in full this summer. So definitely, um, a great time to be a PlayStation owner, uh, whether it's PlayStation four or PlayStation three, I think this is what we've all been hoping for. And, it's definitely going to be a game changer because sure, we all would love backwards compatibility. We all would, but think about this. Say you pay, you know, uh, 50 to $75 a month and you were able to play the entire PlayStation one and PlayStation two library, you know, at, at all at the push of a button that right in right there 
is is huge. There's no necessity to rebuy any of your old titles. You just stream the ones that you want. If you do a subscription service, or even if you wanted to buy the older titles, you could do that as well. I think Sony <clears throat> definitely struck Pater with this, and it really fired a salvo at Xbox One because Xbox One prided itself on being the centerpiece of your home entertainment center, but obviously lacked the backwards compatibility to keep Xbox 360 console games active on this new hardware. So in Sony's case, they, they're basically, they're in essence giving you the best of both worlds. You're getting not only a full-on system with a PlayStation 4 and the new titles, but you're also going to have access to the entire back catalog. Now, if Sony were smart, when you buy into it, I would open up the entire catalog, not only um, American games, but Japanese games as well, because there are a lot of great Japanese PS1 and PS2 titles that we never got to see here in the U.S., that I know that if people had the opportunity, they would definitely pick them up either on a piecemeal basis or on a subscription basis. So definitely a huge, huge showing by Sony at CES. They definitely made tremendous waves, and I definitely cannot wait for PS Now when it drops this summer. I shared a, a piece yesterday on the site about WWE 2K14's latest DLC, which is a Legends and Creations pack. It, allow, it gives you access to Bruno Sammartino, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, Ravishing Rick Rude, Jake the Snake Roberts, and you're also going to get 14 new superstar heads, and you're going to get Virgil, which Virgil's going to become free of charge. You're also going to get Outsiders-themed superstars, including Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, NWO Pack, which is going to have Hall, Nash, Macho Man, uh, Six, Kurt Hennig, Scott Steiner, and The Giant. Lastly, you're also going to get brand new moves uh, for your created superstars, and you're also going to get, um, fan, you know, Fandango and Biggie Langston move sets, plus Brie Bella, Nikki Bella, and Summer Rae. Lastly, you're going to get an additional 30 moves, which is going to include AJ Lee's Black Widow and the Koji Clutch used by CM Punk. So overall, you're going to get a ton of stuff, and if you have the season pass, you're good to go. You'll be able to get that. Otherwise, you're going to be able to pick up that particular piece of DLC. For $8.99. So it's funny that everybody's been talking about Xbox One and you know how many units they've sold, but an interesting thing happened this week, and that involved Halo. Now, of course, one Halo is pretty much what the 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 bread and butter of Microsoft consoles, and Halo 5 is looking to be no exception, especially when Microsoft senior PR manager says on Twitter that Halo 5 will be happening in 2014. So definitely huge news, got a lot of people buzzing, and in my opinion, I felt that doing something like that kind of gave a shot in the arm to the Xbox One because it got people saying, oh man, you know, we'll be able to play Halo this year. It'll give me, it gives people incentive to want to pick up the console. I, I personally want to pick it up because I think that there's, um, there's definitely tremendous potential in utilizing the system as the centerpiece to your home theater. I think that there's definitely a future there and sure Halo is a great game, but it's definitely not something that's going to be a factor in me purchasing a console. Just saying. I did want to say, and this is going to close out the gaming segment for this week that people, you know, are, are a lot of self-entitled gamers have been complaining about Titan falls announcement 
that they were going to be doing player uh, player matches consisting of six versus six. And here's the thing. The game hasn't even come out yet. And everybody's complaining about, you know, the size of multiplayer. And honestly, it's it's a non-factor in my opinion. The game hasn't even come out. You haven't even played it. And it's funny because one of the developers posted on NeoGAF and said, lots of armchair game designing going on here. I'd suggest playing before judging something as insignificant as a number in a vacuum. And it's true. It's like if it's 6 versus 6, 12 versus 12, 20 versus 20, the game doesn't even have a demo. So to make that assessment that the game is going to suck based on a simple a simple number is foolish to me. And I don't and I don't blame the developers for being vocal about it because it's easy to make an an, an assessment if you've played the game. But if you haven't played the game and you're just reading uh, a blurb on a site or 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 an editorial in a magazine and you're basing your opinion on that, you're you're a fucking idiot. Simple as that. You are a complete bona fide fucking idiot. Because I don't understand how how you're gonna base the success of a game on the fact that the multiplayer is relegated to six ver- six versus six. It's stupid. It really is. The only other thing I did want to mention, and I know some of you guys may care about this, some of you may not, was that 2K Sports has announced that they will no longer be doing MLB 2K. I actually was a little bummed about this because I always had a soft spot for MLB 2K. I felt that 2K Sports did a great job with that game. But the interesting thing is that with 2K not doing an MLB licensed game, the only game in town now is going to be MLB 14 the show which is uh you know from Sony that means that it will only be the only baseball game available for next gen and it's only going to be available on one console so that means that anybody with a non Sony system will not be able to enjoy a baseball game crazy but you know 2K 2K pretty much washed their hands of the series and they they were done with it but I'm curious because there definitely has to be more to it Uh, The statement pretty much said, we've decided not to renew our MLB 2K series for 2014. We are very proud of the achievements made by the MLB 2K team and look forward to their contributions to our future titles, including NBA 2K, our industry's number one rated and number one best-selling basketball franchise. So pretty much any mention of the series is gone. The Facebook page has been deleted. All the downloadable uh, versions of the past 2K games are also gone, so they've pretty much erased the game from existence. Like I said, truly unfortunate for sure. And in terms of CES, I did see the Oculus Rift and some of the really cool stuff they were doing with it, and I wanted to get into it a little bit, but I didn't have enough of a, of a grasp of all the news surrounding the peripheral to discuss it at length, so I'm hoping to kind of get into that a little deeper next week. So again, uh, we're going to close out saying that, you know, 2K Sports pulled the plug on the 2K series, and that actually will wrap up this week's gaming segment. Last but not least, let's get into some entertainment news and take it away for our second show of 2014.
So let's get the ball rolling with, of course, The Rock, who is front and center in this week's entertainment news. After the teasing of a project with DC last week, a lot of rumors have been floating around about him portraying Lobo or him portraying Jon Stewart. But there's definitely starting to be a little bit more fuel being added to the fire, stating that he will be portraying Green Lantern Jon Stewart. Now, in my opinion, if you're going to do a Green Lantern uh, series with... John Stewart as Green Lantern. I really, even though The Rock is a marketable actor and, you know, he's pretty much a Hollywood heavyweight at this point, he really doesn't strike me as a John Stewart kind of a guy. I mean, that's more Idris Elba. That's more definitely Idris Elba falls in line with John Stewart. Also, the actor that plays Diggle on Arrow is more apropos for John Stewart. The Rock is more Black Adam if you were doing Shazam. Lobo, which I don't even know how you'd pull that off, but it's just weird looking at the rock and visual and visualizing him being a green lantern. But um, I'm going to be watching this story very closely. I think that, like I said, it's just speculation running rampant um, with regards to whatever project he's going to do. And uh, he didn't confirm nor deny the negotiations with DC, but he didn't say anything about what project in particular he was going to be working on. Who knows? It could be something totally from left field and not be anything involving either Green Lantern, the Justice League, or any of those properties. So we shall see what is going to happen with that. On the Marvel side of things, um, I was kind of bummed when I read this. I received an email from Dark Horse that they were no longer going to be doing Star Wars books. Now, if you're if you're a if you're a Star Wars fan. You've definitely read your fair share of Dark Horse books. Um, a lot of their comics just tell amazing expanded universe stories. But now that Disney has Lucasfilm under their umbrella, Marvel announced that they will be working with Lucasfilm going forward for a new series of Star Wars comics beginning in 2015. Of course, both companies, both uh, companies being under the umbrella of Walt Disney made this a no brainer. Of course, Marvel did publish the first Star Wars comic in March 1977. That issue sold over 1 million copies, and pretty much Marvel worked on the property for nine years. In 1991, Dark Horse took over the license and published a ton of awesome titles, including Dark Empire and Star Wars Legacy. Of course, last year, the company dropped Star Wars number one, which was actually an adaptation of George Lucas's original rough draft screenplay, and it was a, a great book, Got great reviews. I actually got to check it out. And of course, it got some national media attention as well. It is now one of the top selling Star Wars comics of all time. So I'm curious to see what Marvel is going to do with the Star Wars license. I'm bummed only because Dark Horse did such an amazing job for so many years. But it's time to see what Marvel's going to do. And we shall see what they do with Star Wars starting in 2015. Of course... We got to since we talked about the rock earlier, we got to talk a little bit about Fast and Furious seven, which is actually starting to get fleshed out. It looks like the way they're going to do uh, Paul Walker's character, Brian O'Connor in Fast seven is that they are going to actually have the character leave the franchise without being killed off. They are actually going to have it uh, pretty much be that his character will retire ba- utilizing the footage that was already shot. I think that's a that's a classy way to do it. The versus killing off his character, which would just really be a, a sour tone for the fans and would strike a chord with his family. I'm sure I think doing it that way keeps his legacy alive. It's a great way to close out the story and 
allows the franchise to live on post Paul Walker. I think I think it's a it's a great way to do it, and I'm sure that they're going to do it in a, in a, in an awesome way, in a classy way, when the film drops uh, April 10th, 2015. Of course, box office totals frozen once again leads the box office this past weekend with a $20.7 million haul, bringing its total to $297.8 million, followed by Paranormal Activity, The Mark Ones at number two, The Hobbit Desolation of Smaug at number three, Wolf of Wall Street at number four, American Hustle at five, Anchorman at number six, Saving Mr. Banks was seven, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty was eight. Hunger Games Catching Fire was nine with $7.4 million, bringing its total to $407.5 million. And last but not least, Grudge Match closes out the top 10, earning $5.4 million, bringing its grand total, get this, to $24.9 million. So Grudge Match, definitely a dud. In news that should surprise no one, Stan Lee will be appearing in in, uh, Fox's uh, ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series, it's not known what character or whom he is going to play, but all signs point to it being a big role. Of course, Stanley is an executive producer on the show, and as of right now, all signs point to his appearance taking place in February. So, definitely very cool to see Stanley being involved. Of course, Stanley has made cameos in several Marvel movies, from Iron Man to The Avengers, Spider-Man, X-Men, The Fantastic Four, and a bunch of other films as well. Plus, of course, he's popped up on the Big Bang Theory, and he's also got a new animated film coming out called Mighty Seven. So Stanley's a very, very busy man, and seeing him in Marvel's Agents of Shield, like I said, doesn't come as a shock to me in the least. We got our first bit of what the fuck movie news for 2014. Get this: according to the Hollywood Reporter, there is talk of doing a sequel to Paul Blart Mall Cop. Did you not? Andy Fickman, who did Parental Guidance, Escape to Witch Mountain, and You Again is in talks to direct the sequel to Paul Blart Mall Cop. Of course, the first film, which was directed by Stephen Carr, earned $146 million. Of course, Kevin James will return as as Paul Blart because what else is Kevin James doing? And uh, the filming starts in April. So there you have it. Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 is a go. Yuck. Even though the second Planet of the Apes film isn't out, Deadline is reporting that Matt Reeves will actually be back to direct the third Planet of the Apes film, which is scheduled to be released in late 2015. Of course, uh, the new Planet of the Apes, Dawn of Planet of the Apes, will be released July 11th, 2014. And... Matt Reeves will jump back into the saddle and work on the third film shortly after. Of course, the first film earned $482 million worldwide, and Reeves will begin working on the new film immediately at the conclusion of the promotion for the second film. There you have it. A couple of weeks back, we spoke about Zoe Zaldana. Actually, we spoke about Rosemary's Baby being turned into a TV series. Well, now we have a lead for the part of Rosemary. That's going to be Zoe Zaldana, who will be cast in the miniseries uh, version of Rosemary's Baby. Of course, the role was made famous by Mia Farrow, who played Rosemary in the original Roman Polanski film, which was released in the 60s. Of course, the four-hour miniseries is going to be, you know, 
an, a modern take on the entire film, but I just find it odd that they would not only do a miniseries on such a, I don't even want to say an obscure film, but just a film that it's pretty much stood the test of time. I also just don't see Zoe Zaldana as a, I don't know. I don't really see her as being a maternal character. Anyway, in this new incarnation, the way that they're going to work it is that Rosemary and her husband move to a Paris apartment with a darkly storied past after which she becomes pregnant. Rosemary becomes suspicious that both her husband and their enigmatic neighbors have ulterior motives about the future of their child. Uh, the miniseries will be directed by um, Angiska Holland, who did Europa and Tremi and the tele and the screenplay is being written by Scott Abbott and James Wong from American Horror Story. So, once again, the NBC miniseries Rosemary's Baby is a go, and Zoe Zaldana is your lead. The other bit of what the fuck movie news, and it's a twofer this week, Gerard Butler is rumored to be playing the role of Bodie, made famous by Patrick Swayze in Point Break. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Gerard Butler, Patrick Swayze, crazy surfer dude. King Leonidas. Yeah, definitely not. I just, you know what it is with remakes. And I've said this before. I mean, most of them are pretty much misses with the exclusion of a select few. I mean, the judge dread remake was, was very good, but I just don't see a point break remake being something that anybody's going to give two shits about. I could be wrong, but based on the casting alone, I have very, very low expectations thus far. A couple of months back before the passing of Paul Walker, we were talking about the fact that he was actually going to be playing Agent 47 in a new Hitman film. But of course, um, due to his tragic passing, the project was shelved. But it seems that now Rupert Friend will be taking over the role. Of course, you may know that that actor from his role as Quinn on Homeland. So, um, of course, this new Hitman film will be titled Agent 47. And now the lead will be Rupert Friend taking the place of the late Paul Walker. Two big news stories on the small screen side of things. Of course, the first one being that HBO announced the uh, season premiere of Game of Thrones, which will be happening April 6th. The first episode of the fourth season will air at nine o'clock on April 6th. And of course, their second announcement was that Boardwalk Empire's upcoming season will be its last. Um, I'm a little bummed. I actually enjoyed Boardwalk Empire. I've I've been a little disillusioned with the show as of late because they've been killing off a lot of my favorite characters. But I think five years, uh, yeah, five years is is a, a decent enough time for an HBO series. I mean, True Blood is also on its way out and it's had a longer run than Boardwalk Empire, but. I'm going to be sad to see it go just because, you know, Steve Buscemi was awesome as Nucky Thompson and he had such a great cast working with him. But, you know, I'm sure that HBO has a dozen other shows on the docket. I know that they got a new uh, TV series uh, that they're working on called Ballers with the Rock. Um, Of course, True Detective is, I believe, starting Sunday. And that's actually going to have a sneak peek at the upcoming season of Game of Thrones as well. Anyway. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of My Take Radio, so let's take it away. You've just heard My Take Radio episode 210 for Thursday, January 9th, 2014. 
If you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest on a future episode of My Take Radio, you can email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. If you're interested in advertising with us on the site or on air, you can also email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com or advertising at mytakeradio.com. If you want to keep up with us on social media, you can follow My Take Radio on Twitter at My Take Radio. You can also follow us on Facebook and become a fan on our Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash My Take Radio. Last but not least, add us to your circle on Google+. And if you want the best MTR experience, make sure to pick up our official My Take Radio app available for Android and iOS devices. You get 96K stereo episodes of the show, mobile wallpapers, and other exclusive content as well. If you want to subscribe to various, pretty much the usual suspects to get access to the show, of course, you have iTunes, the Zoom Marketplace, uh, Blog Talk Radio, which has shitty audio, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course, you can catch reruns of the show on the GFQ network as well, gfqlive.tv. That's going to wrap it up. On behalf of myself, Quark, Blade, Slick, Jay, Ben, Andrea, and the rest of the MTR family, I will catch you guys next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's take it away, shall we? I have a particular fondness for this song, and I've been using it as the closeout for the last couple of weeks, and I figure this will probably be the last week that I use it before we debut some new outro music. And of course, that track is Super Mario World's Bowser is Champion, and the remixer is BXM Music, and the original song was composed by Koji Kondo. You can download that and any of the other previously used outro music at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Mm -hmm.